Yo, what's going on, everybody? We're back again. Wrestle Purist podcast, hosted by your usual cast, myself, Joe Hulbert, Charlie, and Manny the Hooper. Uh, today, we're going to be, of course, reviewing AEW Dynamite, like we do every Thursday. Uh, we're also going to touch on some other subjects, whatever else has been going on the past couple of days in wrestling. Uh, we'll obviously be uh, replying to Super Chats. We'll touch on Money in the Bank a little bit, and whatever else comes up for the next you know, 90 minutes or however long we're up on here. Um, first things first, please like, subscribe, turn on post notifications, and super chat if you're feeling generous. We always, always appreciate it. Hope everyone's doing good. And uh, starting with you, Mr. Hulbert, mm. you've got um, you got your Usos attire all sorted. Who's what's that noise in the background? I said, someone, sorry, oh. someone, someone's. Now he mutes himself. Anyway, <laughs> Hulbert, how you doing, man? I'm terrific. This is uh, the final stop for myself, anyway, before Money in the Bank in the in the podcast realm. I am sporting the attire that I in- intended to wear on Saturday that is approximately eight sizes too big for me. Uh, so I'm wearing it once for this particular show and then probably never sporting it again. But we will still be the ones on Saturday. We'll be ripping the merch nonetheless. Just official merch. I've sold out in that regard. So <laughs> I, you know, I thought I would, I'd use this for content's sake. And I'm fired up, mate. Very, very excited. A couple of days away now. So, uh, Good times, Monty. How are you? You know, same as I always answer this question, you know. Same old, same old. Just keep on moving along, you know, day by day. I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Manny's, of course, missing right now. It's taking an important business call. It's what he does. Um, so I'll throw it to you, Charlie. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Doing good. Still riding the high of the weekend. I haven't crashed yet, which I'm kind of surprised about. But, um, yeah, had a good time with Dynamite last night for the most part. Um, I'm not going to Money in the Bank because I just spent all of my money in Canada, so <laughs> I will be watching from home. <laughs> but, same uh, thing. but yeah, excited for the weekend. Yeah, same thing, really. Close enough to London, <laughs> 45 minutes up the road. Yeah, yeah. Um, good stuff, good stuff. Manny the Hooper, you're back again. Uh, back off the uh, back of your Twitch adventures. Uh, some interesting tweets were coming out of that. You've been enjoying AEW Fight Forever, man. Yeah, I mean, it was good that I skipped over. I skipped Dynamite over in. Fuck me, I'm never doing that again. I'm gonna watch Dynamite live like the rest of y'all. It's such a hassle watching it or finding time to watch it throughout the day the next day. So there goes my escapades during Dynamite. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I've been twitching too, and the game's been hard for me. You've been twitching. <laughs> or. Streaming, is that what you do? I did want to ask you, Manny. Um, I know you like to kind of cosplay a lot on this show, and today you've decided to pay homage to gamebred Jorge Masvidal. Um, are you aware of his politics, or is it kind of is it part of your decision to tribute him, or is it separate from that? I just wanted to ask quickly. I'm celebrating the fighter, not the man. Separate the art from the artist. I respect yeah. that. Good job, Manny. All right, carry on, Manny. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, you know, Hooper, he's here, he's got the game-bred braids, fight forever, you know, he's, he's, he's been on some violence the past day or so, you know. <laughs> New career a, for him. Made a little girl cry at a, at a Ross. <laughs> now you have to explain that to Ooh, the yeah, like, <laughs> you, you told us before the show, yeah. <laughs> you can't then come on to a live broadcast and be like, yeah, man, I, uh, okay, I'm so little I'll... girls cry on 
So I, was, so I was staying in line at a Ross, getting some slides or some sandals, Nike ACG sandals. And then some lady is just like talking to Spanish, thinking I can't understand what she's saying. Then after the third time repeating that, repeating what she said, I look over and she says, oh, you can, you understand what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, I can. And then the little girl does what she's doing again, eating the candy without, because the lady hasn't paid for the candy yet. And I just go, rawr. And she drops the candy and starts crying. Many layers to uh, the Hooper. He's, um, I don't know, man. San Antonio just sounds like an interesting place to me, you know? <laughs> man, he bumps into these characters. And, you know, he uh, finds himself in these unique hoop situations. But um, you know what? Let's go into some super chats before we do the Dynamite review because we have got a couple. Some of you have been waiting until we went live. Sorry about being slightly late, but we're here now. Happy days. Darren Walker, £5. Appreciate you as always. A big weekend for me. I'll be going Friday night to SmackDown and Money in Bank at the O2. Can't wait for it. Well, Darren, I hope you have a great time. We will be there at the O2 for Money in the Bank as well. And yeah, man, we're ready to um, find out who's really the ones, you know? Indeed. <laughs> uh, good shit, though. Shout out, Darren. Uh, Karan. I'm not going to embarrass myself while attempting that second name, uh, but we appreciate you as always, Karan. A um, hundred. Anyone want to take a guess? No guesses? No. no? Merchan Dami. No, the dancing man. Oh, oh, the. the... <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, on the super chat? Yes, man. Yes. How are the Dark Order, the heels, when they supported. Wait, wait, what do you want me to do? No, we were just trying to guess the currency. Don't worry, it's my carry on, oh. man. You read it. You're good. Yeah, you might as well read it now, bro. <laughs> how, are the, how are the Dark Order, the heels, when they supported Hangman through his lowest point? And when he abandoned them for the elite. Fuck, man, I don't know. I actually, Charlie, I'm intrigued. What do you actually make of this kind of, the morality play element? Because there's been a lot of debate about it. Where do you stand on it? Yeah. Um, it's just an interesting one. Like, I feel like the Dark Order are justified to feel how they feel. But the way they're currently going about what they're doing, that's, like, the heel aspect of it. Like, because there hasn't been, like, I guess in context, there's been, like, no real sit-down and discussion. Dis- discussion between the two teams of like where everyone stands or whatever and um like hangman like he's a very morally gray character at times anyways so like it's an interesting dynamic at play because obviously everyone loves every most people love the elite and like they just want to cheer for them but then you put them in this dynamic and it's just like yes like we consider them the good guys in this for the most part but like you got a feel for the Dark Order, I guess, mm-hmm. from a story point. It's an interesting one. I'm I think that the Dark Order are just gonna lean more into being dicks because of they feel yeah. slighted. So. I think moving forward it will be easier because Dark Order made a choice, yeah. right? It's like they made a choice to leave them. Um yes. I think it's been the only reason I think it's is kind of challenging is because they do this deal with the Bucks are like actively dicks to Dark Order. So it's like a really strange <laughs> I never know what quite to make of it. Um, yeah. I will get into it obviously later as we review the the segment and match itself. But I think it's an interesting question for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, we appreciate you, Karan. Um, Boris Johnson, interesting. Uh, Five dollars. Joe, my good man, 
Fancy snagging me seven Bloodline shirts at the old pay-per-view for me kids. Free Alexa shirts for their moms. Well, I don't like to do business with crooks, but that's 10 shirts. What kind of, and what price are we talking here, Boris? You know what I mean? I mean, I'm, I'm willing to talk numbers. I mean, if nothing else, so, you know, I'm willing to be opportunistic with these things. If we're going to play the game, I feel like I'll make some money on this money. Do you want to cut on this? You have to get some of these shirts. I don't know if I can order 10 of them at once. <laughs> mm, I'm I'm good, you know. I'll pass on this one, bro. You sure? Right. I'll pass. You have to bro. wait for I'll me pass. then. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna pass. Ibrahim and better known to most of you as Backle Pangman, nine ninety nine. Um, appreciate you, of course. One of the uh, one of the pillars of WrestleFuries. Um, <laughs> excellent pay per views and uneven TV seems to be the story of AEW in 2023. To be fair, the highs and the highlights are high. But the flat TVs following a great pay per view always give me whiplash. Shout out to Ed Kingston, though. Um, <clears throat> I think AEW's always kind of had like a. I don't want to say. Sh- my, yeah, my, fuck it. I think AEW's always kind of struggled with like capturing the the essence, if you will, of um, a go home and a first show after a pay per view, yeah. you know, and not like, making it feel as such. So, like, I've noticed that a lot of AEW fans don't get themselves excited after a pay-per-view. Like, oh, there's going to be a bunch of new storylines. There's going to be some hot angles to keep some stuff off. And we're going to see where we're going for the next few months. Then what AEW tends to do is kind of carry on what's already been going on and give, like, a progression to that story. So, like, for example, like, the, um, you know, like, the Jack Perry thing. So, like, obviously, that's not that's not a fresh storyline with Hook. You know, like obviously, they're going to be feuding for the first time, but, like, it was something that already started, like, planting the seeds from before the pay-per-view. So, we just kind of got progression of that last night, you know, of course, after the turn and everything. Of course, it made sense, but um, it wasn't that much on the show that I felt like, you know, like brand new, you know, yeah. hot angle starting, fuse starting, et cetera, et cetera. So, um it depends what you're looking for, you know. I didn't think the show was like bad, but like it's just it what it didn't like I was saying, it didn't really capture the essence of a first show mm-hmm. after a pay per view. So, uh, yeah. where do you sit on it, Joe? Yeah, I agree. Actually, I think that's a, a very accurate point in that I have made that mistake before. You know, of kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, tonight there'll be a reset of sorts, and that's just generally not how they operate. Um, mm-hmm. Again, that doesn't mean the show will be bad. I don't think last night's show was bad either, but. The only one I can think of, just off the top of my head, where it was like the next TV they started something, was when the TV after Punk beat Eddie and Max beat Derby, they did the deal where Max was talking and Punk came out. And remember the thing where he just stared at him and then left, as if to say, like, you know, even worth my handshake, that deal Max and Punk mm. start their feud. Other than that, they very seldom kickstart a feud on the TV after, to your point. So I don't think it's the most dynamic way to do TV uh, by any means. It almost feels more like a isn't the perfect way to describe it, but sometimes the TV after a pay-per-view to me feels like a bonus features situation. It's like, here are some <laughs> things that are kind of like extensions yeah. of the pay-per-view, you know, and hey, look, we're going to talk about Eddie and, uh, sorry, Moxley and Ishii. No one's complained about that bonus feature, right? But mm-hmm. it's definitely, it's not the most exciting way to go about it, I think it's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie, I was, in, I was yeah, expecting, yeah. like, with the Forbidden Door one, I wasn't, like, really anticipating, like, that much of an after pay-per-view feel, because mm-hmm. like I feel like that's kind of hard to do with a joint show when the following dynamite isn't gonna be a joint show. Like so I was like I gave them more leeway with this one, but like yeah. they struggle with it in general. Like 
I don't remember there being much of like a like a post-show feel for the Dynamite After Revolution or like any of the pay-per-views recently. So yeah, I don't know. It's a weird dynamic that they have with it. They don't really like it doesn't like kind of feel like that new season sort of feeling with their mm-hmm. dynamites after pay-per-views. It's it's a bit weird. Mm-hmm. Manu, you got anything you want to throw in on this? Were you good? You muted. I'm good. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Uh, all that build, you know, just for... Anyway, Mazfan84, appreciate you very much, as we always do. Um, 199, I've seen enough. Put Sting in the Blood and Guts match. Brother? You got to let oh, this man no, recover man. for a bit. <laughs> that would be an easy night. Look, honestly, at this point, that would be an easy night's work because you'd probably just stay in the cage and brawl with people. But, you know, I mean, last night, I'd assume he wouldn't do that in Blood and Guts. He might, he might have talked a cage for a while. No. I mean, I don't yeah, put anything past Sting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can't put it past Sting. you got to talk him out of some stuff these days, man. He's uh... mm-hmm. He, he's 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 nuts, man. You know, uh, for better yeah. or for worse, or you, you gotta love him. Everyone loves Sting, you know. So, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. Building guts, you know. Sting replaces Danielson. <laughs> we turn yeah. him heel, turn him heel, and everything, you know. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> um, all right, next super chat, Cody Willis, four ninety nine. Appreciate you very much. Good evening, pals. Good evening to you as well. I was a little sour on AEW last night, but there's a lot. There's a nice little match tonight. Yamura versus Kenny King on Impact. Have fun at Money in the Bank, guys. Does sound like a nice little match, but that's kind of all it is, you know, just like a nice little match. It depends what. I mean, what's Aldis doing is really the question, right? (laughs) How does he play into this? (laughs) Cody, that that sounds like a fun little match, but I have something circled for Friday night. You do? The Blade. Versus Sean Spears, brother. <laughs> I need to see what that match looks like. WCW Saturday night match right there. That's, some, yeah. that's, a, that's a confirmed shoot special. Oh, yeah. That is. Just a nice little two and a half star affair. You know, little eight minutes. Break down the yeah. punches. The kids. Two pros, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God bless Sean Spears, man. You know. Um, not, in the, not in the game. Not in the game. So, no. He should be. You know, uh, Darren Cagey, five dollars. Appreciate you as always. Ibu never beating the elite hater allegations, but yeah, Dynamite wasn't great. I mean, <laughs> you know, he loves Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devil's Rolls in five pounds. Appreciate you. Be there as well. Traveling down from Scotland, SmackDown, and Money in the Bank. Sitting down the front. Then all in. Great times for wrestling. Great channel too. Appreciate you as always. Devil's rising. Um, yeah, man. It seems like you've got quite the packed weekend. So uh, mm-hmm. I hope you enjoy it. And of course, uh, a few of us here are also going to be at all in. So, you know, you, mm-hmm. might, you might see us. You might be able to get an 8 by 10 You know, Joel will be doing some signings. And, uh, you know, it'll be, we're going to have a good time, man. We're going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Darren KG again. Appreciate you, mate. Uh, $5. Also, I put on an eight-star classic in Fight Forever by booking the books versus FTR free. Too bad TK doesn't have the guts to do the same. And he might now because there was that report uh, earlier in the week or last week that, you know, FTR have gone out the way to reconcile with the elite and there's nothing stopping them from doing a program together, etc., etc. So, you know, T- TK might put his foot down, you know, and book the match. So, 
but uh, it just kind of it just doesn't line up right now with the stories. Both yeah, guys stories are not right now. It has to be said. Okay. And every time I book something for this is bias, I know, but just in on an ideal world, I agree, Charlie. The timing is not perfect, but Wembley Stadium would be a hell of a place to hold that. Oh match, yeah, you know? that would be. By then, by then, it seems like like the elite BCC stuff's going to be wrapped up. So I agree. And it. I yeah. think that would have, that may have one of those split crowd situations we were talking about last night too, right? Like, I think mm-hmm. that could be really quite dynamic in that building. That'd be something. We'll Darren, see. I don't believe you got eight stars. I've been playing this game. <laughs> I have not seen that so far. So I need you to post a picture of that on Twitter if you have a Twitter. Well, here's the thing with you, Manny. You, um, <laughs> you was live tweeting your experience playing Fight Forever yesterday while Dynamite was on. And, um, I think we pretty much everyone could make out that you're not really too great at the game, you know. <laughs> there was one point where he tweeted, "Gonna see if I can finally take on Moxley." Then four minutes later, quote <laughs> tweeted it like, "Oh my god, him. this man's got the dog in him. He squashed me." <laughs> <laughs> the one that I hate, the character that I hate the most, and then if I see someone bring him up on when I play online. I'm just going to rage quit. I'm not going to play against Miro online, bro. I, I played against yeah. him twice against the computer. He attacked me twice before the, the bell rung. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way I'm going to do that. Real crap. Sounds like, uh, sounds like a good bit of a game, you know? The second but, time yeah. he did it, I just quit. I said, fuck no, nah, I ain't doing this. <laughs> and there was also the situation that Manny the Hooper was having on Twitch where he was doing these tweets and the people were demanding Twitch streams, you know, and he thought he was doing one and, um, you know, he was basically just <laughs> sharing his screen and not talking or he thought he was connected, but he wasn't. He just completely failed as a live streamer for the <laughs> for the night. So <laughs> hopefully he gets it together. We'll try get him on the WrestlePurist Twitch as well because we will be starting that next week. Please go and subscribe to that if you haven't already. Uh, if you need the link, if it's not in the description, which I don't think it is, it's in our pinned tweet on Twitter. So, um, yeah, man, we're going to be getting on the Twitch, you know. We've got Fight Forever out. And we just want to be on Twitch anyway, so we've kind of it kind of lines up pretty nice for us. So, uh, good stuff. Uh, shout out Darren on his 8-star classic. We wait to see the receipts. Um, shout out Spurs, $5. I'll always have a soft spot for the Dark Order because of their pandemic run, but understand those who don't have interest in seeing them in this spot. Pretty level-headed. Yeah, you know, fair take, you know. Uh, yeah, man. It's tough. Like, I actually think you can see in the match that like they're, they're very much capable. It's not so much I have an issue with them in the spot. It's more that they don't, in the last six months, they do nothing outside of this particular spot, you know. Like, yeah. I feel like I only see them when they're just like extras in the Hangman Page backstage segment. And it's, <laughs> mm. We've all seen what they can do. I mean, lest we forget when, when they teamed up a Hangman for the Trio's final last year, the Trio's tournament, and they reached the final right with the Elite. That match was, I mean, it's kind of lost because Brawl Out happened like two hours later, but that match is incredible. Um, yeah. So those guys are capable. It's more like it's hard taking them seriously or care because the only role they play is that particular one and it's reliant on others. So it's unfortunate. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Brian Buster, one ninety nine. Appreciate you, Joe. What has to happen at Money in the Bank for for you to make a noise? Um, Randy Orton probably coming out. <laughs> if Randy Orton's music is as a surprise. I may, I may make noise. I may go. Oh, yeah. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my hands up in the air. Sorry, guys. Uh, Darren was telling the truth. He did get eight stars on him during a match. That is possible. Really? Yep. Impressive. Um, my bad. Yeah, you, you may get a video on the rest of Purist account on Saturday of, of me just sort of standing up with like a Coca Cola and going, "Oh, you know, like that. just making like a really a mundane sort of cheer." <laughs> you get them, Jimmy. You know, like something. Like that. You gotta be like a British football fan, you know. Shouting go yes. on, you know. I always like the I always like the one who's like he keeps it controlled and he says things under his breath like it's not good enough. You know that bloke who <laughs> kind of sits there in a fester? I might be like yeah. that. I might be watching Matt Riddle sell and kind of mind. it's not up to it, mate. Not fit to wear the shirt, this fella. Well, you have a Coke in your hands today, you're a Pepsi guy. I look Pepsi mate, don't don't start confronting me on my on my allegiances, right, Chief? I, I just I thought you no, was like a Pepsi like country. I have no I preference. Know. I know what you're alluding to. I'm gonna leave it there. I, I love me some shoot coke, no problem. I just thought the UK was just Pepsi. I mean, I don't know. No, the UK is not just Pepsi. Just, <laughs> just the UK is just Pepsi, quote many of the Yeah, I mean Mexico's Coke. I mean, I don't know, just yeah, it's not anyway. Nonetheless, what are you talking about? It's insane. Uh, no, what, what is happening right now? You know, we're talking. I just I put one person with shoot coat, which is what I was looking for. So we'll carry on. But average food, 40 something. Appreciate you very much. I love Miss and I wish I'd date you. Israel, where is she? She's not here, bro. <laughs> Sunday, <laughs> Sunday, you know what I mean? Try again. Um, add a couple zeros onto the super chat, you know. She, mm-hmm. she, she might appear, brother. You know, she might appear. Um, <laughs> someone screenshot this and send it to her. <laughs> um, Zaydnaddy199, love the hat job, goat tag team. Sorry, Charlie. Well, I don't know, I believe that, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's not my opinion, weekend, you know what I mean. You've, in 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 WWE, I think they're like clear, but that's mm-hmm. the best WWE team is a very different conversation to the best tag team ever. Unfortunately, yeah, so. I'm with it. Like especially like um up until a couple of years ago, it's pretty close between like fucking six teams. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, people will be like, oh, the Hardys, oh, the Dudleys, Edge and Christian, uh, New Day. You know, the Usos kind of floated around the conversation a bit as well, like um. You know, Adrian Christian, you know, there was quite a few names. But I think I think it's genuinely like Usos by Country Mile in WWE now. Um yeah. Especially after like this past run, the past like two years. Um Yeah, man, they solidified it for me easily. So all time now, that's a different question. I think I've said it a million times on these podcasts over the over the year also we've done it, but it's briscoes for me. Has to be. Um National Cody Fan Club Association, 999. Appreciate you very much. I've been seeing this on Twitter. I wanted to hear yours thoughts. Guys, are the books stubborn us to only work with their buddies in AEW will eventually stagnate the company? I don't believe this. I don't think it would have that much of a drastic effect. And I think mm-hmm. it kind of gets overstated as well. Like they do Me wrestle too. their friends a lot, but they don't just mm-hmm. wrestle their friends. Like, Ooh, like I said, yeah. I think it gets overstated. I mean, 
they're in the midst of a feud with the Blackpool Combat Club that's been in a game for like what most of the year it feels like. And it, yeah. I don't know if anyone else does, but I personally never refer, refer to the BCC as, oh, they're the Bucks pals, you know? BCE crew, the Blackpool yeah. Combat Club. <laughs> yeah. I'm, sure they're, I'm sure they're friendly, but it's not the way I view them, absolutely not. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's one of those, recept, you know, perception is reality things, I think. Yeah. Well, uh, but yeah, in answer to the question, no. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it will stagnate the company. Even it, like I said, even if it was the case, like I don't think it would be that dramatic where it would stagnate the whole entire company just off what they're yeah. doing. You know, but it's not like all their friends are shitters either. You know, <laughs> so um, you know, I mean, their favorite tag opponent. And this is just guesswork, Charlie. So tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems to be the Lucha Bros. Is their the favorite Lucha tag Bros, team? Yeah. And when they, they would, got yeah. given the choice for the rampage in um, California, and they chose yeah. the Lucha Bros. So. Yeah, and I would go on a limb and say they have pretty good matches with the Lucha Bros. So I think it's yeah. okay. One or two. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we've suffered for that choice. So, yeah, I think it's way overstated. Mm-hmm. Margaret, interesting one again. One ninety nine. Hello, Joseph. Please say hi to Boris for me Saturday. Boris isn't there. I'm buying him T-shirts. <laughs> We've established this, right? Only if the price is right, you know. Only, yeah. Let me be clear. I haven't, I haven't committed to that yet. But I, as far as I know, I'm buying t-shirts because he's not there. If he's there, I don't need to buy the shirts. There you have it. There you have it. Griff four ninety nine. Appreciate you very much. If Abushi does come in for blood and guts, I literally have no idea how the numbers work out. So either someone new comes in for the BCC or no Abushi thoughts. I think it's pretty uh, safe to throw it to Charlie on this one. I mean, see, I thought about this last night after Dynamite, and I was just like, well, I'm not going to be the one to address it because I don't want to upset people. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, with, with Brian injured, it does make things interesting because if they want to bring Ibushi in, do you do an angle where one of the elite guys can't make the match? Or, like, do you just have them come in after? Like... I, I don't know what's going to happen. And, like, Blood and Guts was, like, my final guess for where Ibushi's going to come in in this story. So if it doesn't happen here, I don't think he's going to be involved in this story in particular, but could still come in at a later date. So mm. that's just my, my thoughts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We will see. Showtime Spurs, $2. WrestlePurist Fan TV, post money in the bank. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't got the, you know, we haven't got the facilities to uh mm-hmm. f- to do that right now, you know. I heard that short. I uh, well, I saw on Twitter that um, oh, what's his name? Uh, what culture? Simon Miller. He's doing like a live mm-hmm. ups and downs after SmackDown and after Money in the Bank. Yeah. God, I mean, God bless him. You know, God bless the grind. Um, sounds like a lot coming out of a WWE pay per view after four hours and just being, you know, mm-hmm. trying to sum up the energy energy to do like a proper post show, but. Simon Miller's like one of the best, you know, a lot of people love him, so I'm sure he'll do fine and it'll be a good time, you know. I think the most you could probably expect is like a slightly comedic tweet from the VIP section of the O2 Arena, you know, and you expect that. You may get a picture, maybe not, depends how that shirt's looking on Saturday, so. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see how we go. We'll see. Um, Another interesting one. Run, he's back again, Joe. One ninety nine, Joey Joe, my Uso. We not the ones, you Jeez. the one, Joe. That was really forward. I don't know. If, I'm even more uncomfortable now. 
I mean, he very does. prolific is Ron, unfortunately. He is. We appreciate the super chats. Uh, mm. Not so much to give me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into Dynamite, man. Um, uh, Manny, I'd like yeah. you to fill that air right now whilst I pull up the AW Dynamite lineup on my phone. Well. You don't have to do that. I just watched the whole show. I can I can guide us. I don't trust you near enough to allow you to do that, Manny the Hooper. Well, <laughs> he goes, yeah. Um, and now I'm done on the spot. Now I got to come up with things to do, talk about. Uh, Let's talk yeah. about that Money in the Bank match that's been floating around because that LWO shirt is something. Have you, know, would, you know, personally, I wouldn't wear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there were absolutely people that do wear that, which is an incredible indictment of uh, yeah. when both it was people. And, uh, well, mm. it's the you know Latino World Order, but it has London World Order with the Union Jack, which yeah. is a crazy phrase to consider for a moment or two. Oh, yeah, it, yeah I get yeah. It's bad. A lot of the merch I've seen come out of <clears throat> like the pop-up shops has been very interesting. Did you see well, there was someone posted a picture of the queue in there? I've never seen anything like it. What's going on with yeah, these it was in nuts. No, I'm not gonna blame a company for trying with their merch, you know. I you can't say oh. about the other company, but you know. It's like they're clearly not trying. That Jow Sequera comment in the log is just crazy. You seen the super chat oh bubble? <laughs> but you mean this one? Yes, I do mean this one. T. Robinson, five dollars. Joe, if you're grabbing shirts, I'll have an Imperium one. Yeah. No response whatsoever. This, this, <laughs> this one of all the ones feels like the one that may have may have most thrown me off. So I'm just going to stare back at the screen and not respond any further. I actually have no idea who any of these people are that they're in trying to impersonate. Any of them? No. Boris Johnson. <laughs> oh, he's he's the guy in charge of the Senate, right? Do you guys have? Close enough. <laughs> don't know who that is. Okay, you don't. Well, the other one's Ron DeSantis. You know that is right. No. What? Are we talking about Matt? Like, people just uh, I don't, there's not, people there's don't understand. I, I, I don't the follow. The hoop, I don't, you know? I'm pretty sure these are all follow politicians. These I'm, I'm pretty sure these are all politicians. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, but like, you don't have to be like, you know, like. <laughs> It's like a political analyst to know who Boris Johnson is. <laughs> I don't even know who Ron DeSantis is there. The, thing is just... the, way that, the way that many like threw his hands like, oh, one of you losers watching fucking politics, you know? Like... <laughs> I'm just a simple guy watching wrestling and then Marvel. So I, bro. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, so I don't have time for World War issues, you know, just <laughs> filling my little space. <laughs> um... All right, man. Let's um. AW Dynamite. We was in Hamilton, I believe. Yeah. Someone yes. gonna correct me? Yeah. Uh, okay. AW Dynamite from Hamilton. Um. Like I said, Forbidden Door just happened. We're coming off the back of a hot pay per view. A lot of uh, you know, a lot of interest going into it to see where we would be going. And um, you know, it's pretty. It's an all right show. It didn't blow me away to be honest. It didn't disgust me either. But um, it definitely had its highs and lows. Um, let's get into it. The opening match, John Moxley defeats Tomohiro Ishii. And um, I've got to let you guys talk more about this 
was all I have to say is it's uh, exactly what you'd expect, which is great, you know, um, in the in the way you'd expect it to be great in an mm-hmm. Ishii match and with Mox being the dance partner, you know. So, uh, Manny, you're fresh off watching this match. What did you think of it? Um, at first, I was kind of disappointed in it because I'd rather have seen Ishii versus Kalio because I've seen the first match before. But mm-hmm. that disappointment quickly went away when uh, these guys started chopping each other and just beating the shit out of each other. And I said, I don't know why I was bitching about it earlier. You know, this is for, this is pretty awesome, you know? And and then I don't know how it happened. It, it probably was a headbutt, right? Where yeah. it busted Moxley open. He had like mm-hmm. a hole in his, in his forehead, which fucking ruled, man. I mean, this is just the kind of stuff. This is the real, if you want to be about the safety police, this is what you should have been more mad about than like the Osprey spot. Because these guys were just, headbutting each other, beating the crap out of each other, which is awesome. This is my kind of pro wrestling I want to see, and I can't wait to go rewatch it. Yeah, Mark's got busted open pretty bad because he had like a scratch. Mm-hmm. There was yeah. like a little bit of blood on Over his, his eye. Yeah, then yeah. when they started doing the shoot headbutts, it, that fucking actually yeah. opened up, bro. And then you um, had Claudio and Eddie just staring at each other from across the ring, which was... And the yeah. camera just kept panning to them. Like, that was... That was great stuff. So, of course, Eddie Kingston, he came out during the match, you know. Uh, he kind of evened up the odds a little bit. Wanted to see Moxie do it by himself and also just kind of wanted to get in any vicinity that Claudio was in to try and get at him. Um, as Manny said, they were just kind of staring at each other, like, the whole time from across the ring. Um, it was good shit, man. Uh, but, yeah, Holbert, what did you think of the match? Oh, it was terrific. I absolutely loved it. It's, you know, there are certain matches you can have an extended conversation about, you know, the ideas within it or the structure of the match. And I'll, I'm happily, you know, happy to do that sometimes. But this is not one of those cases. This is just two blokes clobbering each other for about 15 minutes. And it was a wonderful time. It did feel like a kind of greatest hits compilation of their G1 match, which is not an insult by any means. That's exactly the way it should have been. I thought it was a, a hit. And the Eddie Kingston uh, kind of portrayal I thought was was very nice because it was in character for Eddie, but it was also nice to put him in a role where he was clearly in the right because it, Monks doesn't need those guys lingering around, right? So it was nice to have Eddie in a clear babyface position. He didn't get involved. He just said, you guys do the wrestling. So I like that a lot. I thought this whole, whole thing was a home run, honestly. Ishii is genuinely one of the greatest wrestlers ever. I truly believe that. Um, I, I'm not sure there's ever been a more reliable wrestler to that point and just remarkably durable and consistent. He plays the same tracks every single time and you react the same way every single time. He's extraordinary. So love to, to tell her she for sure. Yeah, there was a lot going on in this as well. Like, um, like just every time Mux and Kingston interact with each other, whether it was just like this little, little two seconds in during this match, whether it was the stuff after the match, whether any time they get together, they're just, you know, they, they just hook me in, man. Like, yep. Whenever they're on screen together, like, I'm in. I'm all in, you know. Um, it was really great shit. And the match, of course, you know, beautiful stuff. Charlie, what did you think of this uh, this opener? I loved it. It was, like, my favourite thing on the show, I think. Like, it was just, like, everything that I wanted it to be. And a little bit more, honestly. Like, the shoot headbutt head spots after they'd already been, like, exchanging blows for, like, a solid minute was just fucking beast. I just love how in 
to it the crowd was like they were doing dueling chants for Mox and Ishii and it was just awesome to hear like the AEW crowds love Ishii and he deserves it because he's just been incredible for so long now and like the Eddie stuff was just like played perfectly as well like I really don't think this whole thing could have gone any better than it did yeah it was really good stuff man and um again to go back to like Mox and Eddie of course after the match and Mox kind of like he kind of like storms off like away from everyone Mm -hmm. you know and Eddie's like calling out to him up the ramp, like, see, I told you, you don't need these guys, da 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 da, da and he's doing all this and that. And then, like, Max goes to, like, nearly, you know, like, walk down to him, like, they were going to square off, and he decides against it, and he goes into the back. And Eddie's kind of left on the ramp, he do not know what he's going to do, and eventually he follows Moxley. And then we get uh, backstage with Adam Cole and MJF. Uh, Adam Cole's kind of a. Uh, what is it? What what was he doing? I forget. I think he was just having an interview or some some sort. Mm-hmm. Some yeah, sort of yeah. Thing. he was waiting for, for MJF. Okay, so he's waiting for MJF. MJF finally arrives, and um, you know, uh, MJF is playing his whole "let's be friends" thing. Don't worry, buddy. You know, we're good. Let's tag team, and um. Yeah, man, this is an interesting dynamic. I, I'm not 100% sure, but this might be where uh, they revealed the T-shirt as well. Yeah, it was. The, um, yeah. I'm better than you, baby, T-shirt, which I think is like an absolute abomination, you know? Uh, that was a cool shirt. But if you're into those guys, you know? <laughs> if you're into those guys and you want to support them, you know, you can get over to AW Shop or whatever the website's called. And uh, well, I think that that's... <sighs> Some of these AW shirts, man. You know, no oh, man. Don't get me started. That I mean, that's just, they just threw up the graphics. They didn't even try, bro. They just threw it up. That's there. kind of awesome, though. To be fair. Yeah, for this particular purpose, you know, like, the idea of MJF getting that shirt made is kind of tremendous. So, but you're right, generally, yes. They should have just. Oh, no, it's not my job to create shirts for him. See, I almost did it right now. I, but you know, no free ideas. <laughs> Loki's sitting on like the hottest t-shirt of the summer, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, all right. So next off, we kind of have some aftermath to the opener, where um, you know, um, Max is with the Blackpool Combat Club and Renee, and Renee's kind of like, you know, you guys have to sort this out. Like, what's going on with you two? Blah blah blah. And Eddie comes, you know, <laughs> steaming in and uh, start arguing. <laughs> Etc. Etc. And Renee gets in the middle, and she's kind of like, "I've had enough of you two, you know." And he got really like fired up, and he just felt really, uh, you know, just like an authentic moment, you know, uh, which he always does with fucking these people on screen, you know. So um, I love this like a lot. Um, yeah. Hooper, I know you're not a big like, segment guy, but uh, this was real shit, bro. I'm also not a big friend segment, you know, just like you know friends arguing with each other but this one was just awesome this didn't feel corny it just felt so real and like just like two guys just like hate each other but they're like friends at the same time it was just awesome and i also want to like the little detail that happened after the match when moxley just went up to him and just shoulder blocked him for no reason but just to prove like oh i'm just it was just cool and then this segment where renee had to get in between them i can't wait to see where this goes on or where where it, it expands to and Mox with his quote <laughs> as well. Oh, yeah. Shout out Shakara, you know. <laughs> but fair. <laughs> At the same time. Um, Joe, I assume you was very uh, a big fan of these little 30 seconds oh, yeah. we got. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you said it earlier. Eddie and Moxley have a unique chemistry, right? It's just kind of fireworks when those guys go back and forth. Exchanges and intensity there for sure. And this was an example of why you protect a character like Renee. You can't do this stuff with her often because when she does it, it should really matter and the audience should be kind of like thrown off by it. Um, so this was all great. Tiny thing that I may be wrong about. I did not make like, I did not rewatch this particular part. So tell me if I'm wrong, but I think they threw to this like the same way they throw to like a Renee interview and they were like, Renee mm -hmm. is in the back. Yeah, I think they would have been well served to to frame it more as though a camera has just caught what's going on, you know, rather than it being like our reporter Renee is here. That didn't really work <laughs> fit the same. That's that's a tiny thing. Doesn't matter in the grand scheme yeah. things, but yeah. it did it did stand out to me just a, just a little bit on the first watch. So it's because she didn't yeah. even really ask a question. She was just arguing right. with Moxley. Yeah, like they they did it as though she was interviewing Mox when it appeared the segment was shot under the kind of idea that they were actually having this confrontation without any yeah. idea of the camera or any interest in the camera. So, and then Eddie just coming out of nowhere too. So. Yeah, so that's just, again, I, that's being nitpicking, but I did think it was uh, just a small thing you could have you could have uh, tinkered. But, I mean, great segment. I loved it. They do, they do that kind of... Uh, I don't know how to do that a lot, but they do sometimes um, struggle with setting up a segment, you know, like in, with mm -hmm. settings and stuff like that. So. Well, I think that was show had some... Go on, Manny, go yeah, on. I was gonna say it was Excalibur. I think that went to it, but he's been off. He was off from rewatching. He was yeah. off uh, a few times that night. So I think um, the Brit uh, situation affected the show's timings because I think it messed. You know, again, let me be clear. When I say mess with, much more important than Brit feeling better. It's not my, but I think because they had to change things like late notice. Their format kind of got messed up because, not to say Dynamite is usually produced perfectly, but it did feel like this week was especially choppy. I thought they were kind of struggling a little bit with that. So. It's a simple mistake. I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of things you'd tinker if you had the, the benefit of hindsight, but it's live TV, so it is what it is. Good shit, good shit. Was this the oh. first time Renee and Mox were on TV together? I don't um, think so. I don't think so. I think she's done, like, backstage stuff with them. Like, just, like, general interviews. That This is, like, yeah. the first time, like, like, the personal side of their relationship's been right. referenced, I think, but mm. I don't think it was the first time they were backstage. Yeah... You're a fan of these Renee segments, Charlotte, especially when she can actually kind of uh, do a little something, you know, like Joe said, she kind of needs to be protected where she can't be doing it with everyone yeah. on the roster. But, you know, when she does turn it on, when asked upon, it's always like a good segment, even if it is brief. Yeah, yeah I really like this segment. Um, I think I like when real life stuff bleeds into wrestling, like when it's in this sort of way. And Renee like played her part perfectly. She was just like, you guys need to stop being fucking idiots and just like sort it out. So I'm really <laughs> excited about the eventual Eddie Mox match. It's going to be it's it's going to be a great match, like no matter what. But it's just going to be such a special moment after the match as well when like whichever way it goes, whether like Mox walks away or like they hug it out or whatever, it's just going to be such a spectacle. Spectacle! I can't wait. I I don't want to get ahead of myself, oh, but no. it really feels like <laughs> this feud is going to be preparing Eddie for the big one. I'm not saying he's going to win yeah. the big one, but I think he's going to work with Max after this feud, and that kind of makes you wonder how this feud's going to end, right? That, that kind of suggests a certain thing. That guesswork, again, folks, purely guesswork, mm -hmm. but I don't know. I, I think this is going to be really big for Eddie, which is very, very exciting yeah. as a fan of his, obviously. Of course. Of course Let's go course. Grand Slam. Yes. After yeah. Ash, September 20th, as reported by Andrew Zarian. I think it was yesterday that he said that. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, we've got a date lined up, and uh, 
you know, if you're an Eddie Kingston fan, you'll be hoping and praying, you know. Um, I know I am. Uh, before we continue, I'm going to throw up our little banner. We've been, uh, I've been, I've done a pretty poor job of, you know, telling people to like and subscribe, except for like at the start and at the end, you know. So here's like my little mid, mid podcast promo. Please like the video, get the likes up. Um, you know, we, it, it helps us out, you know. That's why, uh, that's why we ask you. That's why we're constantly on you every video. Like the videos. And of course, if you haven't subscribed, that's massively appreciated as well. And the super chats goes without saying, you know, of course, we appreciate those. But yeah, likes, subscribes, all that good stuff. The stuff that all streamers ask for, you know. If you want to turn on post notifications as well, we, um, you know, we post quite a lot of live streams on this channel. I think we do like five or six a week at this point. So, uh, you know, there's, there's, you never know what you might miss. You never know what you might miss. Um, all right, back to Dynamite. That's a segment with Moxie and Kingston. Uh, match two, Orange Cassidy, Keith Lee, and the Kingo defeat the JAS. Uh, Daniel Garcia, Matt Menard, and Angelo Parker. Um, I thought Garcia was tremendous in this. I didn't think the match itself was that tremendous, to be honest. Um, <laughs> you know, there was, there was some, uh, you know, Vikingo Vikingo is not as like wild as he can be because he's working with a few like you know bumps and grazes and stuff. But like he was still definitely impressive in this. Uh, Keith Lee has at least dyed his beard now, so that's an up. No you know? beard. Um, like, yeah, he's got, he's got he's got rid of the fucking the white, whatever was going on. You know, his little he was giving it was giving midlife crisis vibes. But you know we uh, you know we we. We've moved on from that now, you know. It's like I said, it's positive. Um, well, so I thought two point were kind of a little, little rusty in this one, you know. But it can be forgiven. But I thought, like I said, Garcia, man, Garcia was uh, Garcia was great in this. Oh, but big Daniel Garcia fan. What did you think of the match overall, though? Well, Garcia was certainly good. Um, you know, sometimes you throw these weird matches out there. And they're called weird for a reason. Not, it's not necessarily going to be the cleanest, the cleanest thing. It was not. I will say this: it was certainly not boring. There was always something happening. Mm-hmm. Sometimes not what they intended to be happening, but it was happening nonetheless. Um, as you mentioned, two point do not wrestle very much anymore. And I think it's pretty apparent when they do wrestle that that's a, you know that has an effect. There's, there's a certain rust that comes with that. And early on, especially their time was was making it pretty challenging. Um, Keith and Vikingo drew up a spot that did not come out quite as they imagined, unfortunately. But look, everyone came out safe. Everyone made it home safe. And at times it was very funny. Those are two positives. <laughs> Garcia standing on Keith Lee's back to do his dance was an extraordinary spot that was absolutely terrifying <laughs> within about half a second. So <laughs> lots going on here, which I compliment them on. I don't think a lot of it looked or came off the way they hoped. But as you said, a an incredible Garcia performance. He's even now started to do the deal where he teases them with the dance and says, I ain't giving it to you. I'm not giving you the dance, yeah. which is <laughs> it'll just peak professional wrestling. He was terrific. And uh, you know, everyone else came along also. When did he when did he start doing the dance on the rope when the opponent's <clears throat> in the corner? Yeah. Um he, a couple matches ago, I think. He has done it before, yeah. but not it's not been for long. Okay, I saw it today for the first. I thought I, see, I think I realized I saw it for the first time today. I said, "Oh my god, what is that?" I said, "I've never seen him do that before." <laughs> Did you hear Taz's call when he got in the position? Taz was like, "You, you gotta watch yourself." 
Tez doesn't know how to call Garcia's dance, and it's maybe the best yeah. part of the bit. Like he doesn't. He calls it. He's like that awkward dance of his. Like, <laughs> well, Taz, Taz also called uh, Garcia a gimmick kid. <laughs> he's uh he's certainly something when he gets flowing. Uh, Charlie, mm-hmm. money, you got anything you want to add to this uh this weird six man we got? I just want to see Garcia and Vikingo have a singles match now. That was my main takeaway. The the match itself, it was just... There was, like, some fun bits. There was some not-so-fun bits. It just kind of happened, really. Yeah. As uh, as Joe was saying, it's kind of it was a weird six-man on paper. Mm-hmm. And it kind of was in action as well. So, yeah. <laughs> nothing too surprising, to be honest, with that one. So, moving on. Bear with me two seconds. Uh, I believe we got the Hangman and Young Book segment. Something to that effect. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Manny? Uh, yeah, we settled, right. yeah, we set up the Dark Order match, you know? Manny's just guessing. So this one can't trust <laughs> you, you, know? you want You wanted to lead this earlier. I'll remind you of that. Um, anyway, so... Um, you know the the books are the books are about to put down like an open challenge with Hangman, you know, to find their match for tonight. And uh, as they're about to start doing this, they get interrupted by Dark Order, and they're just like not happy with Hangman as they never are lately. You know, talking about how he ignores them and doesn't, you know, give him attention, blah 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 blah. He's got his new friends now and all this and that. And as Matt Jackson is trying to cut his promo, uh, Dark Order accept the challenge basically. Hangman is kind of confused by this. He thinks they want to team up with him. He's like, oh, we can do a 12-man, whatever, or whatever it was that he said. And they're like, nah, bro, we're, we're coming for you, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and they sell the match, which, of course, was Hangman and the Young Bucks versus the Dark Order. And, um, you know, this was kind of what you'd expect in the sense of, like, storytelling. You know, if you've kind of followed any of this story, it's like Hangman's, like, conflicted. But like Dark Order are trying to like bring it out of him, like come on, like there was that whole spot in the middle of the ring when Eve Luna slaps him. Uh, Hangman got off the apron a few times, but eventually he snaps, if you will, and uh, he's the one who ends up getting a win. He, um, you know, he nails the bookshot Lariat, etc., etc. And um, yeah, man. Uh, obviously, there was quite a lot of afters, but you know, just uh, after an overview of that, I feel like we should. Uh, Pass it around a bit, Charlie. What did you think of the match itself? Because, um, I'm honest, I wasn't a fan of this, but you can't win a win, um, you know. I thought it was just like a pretty standard six man. It's not, it's definitely not my favorite one that I've seen recently. Um, like it was, it was mainly just for storytelling purposes, but like, I don't know, I just feel like it didn't really hit the way they necessarily wanted it to for like an elite dark order match, so. I don't know. It, it was it was a bit weird. The vibes were a little bit weird, but there were like spots I enjoyed. Of course, like I'm always going to enjoy like Hangman and the Bucks getting to wrestle. So like I enjoyed it for like that purpose. But yeah, I don't know. It, it was just kind of a just a bit naff. I don't know whether them running two six mans back to back maybe threw off the vibes. Like especially with the first one being as chaotic as it was. I don't know. Mm. It, a bit weird. Yeah, not not the best. You know, Dark Order Elite combination, was it? That's mm-hmm. not Joe. It wasn't. I, I struggled getting into this. Um, and while partly, obviously, that is I'm not, like, super invested in the story, I just, 
I think the way they tried to wrestle the match, I think they would expect in the dark order guys to be more over than they were, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean that even to be like a dick to it. Like, it isn't their fault. They're literally never on the show unless they're like talking to Hangman, you know? Like, expecting them to get a big reaction is really unfair, I think, at this point. And to their credit, once they got a chance to wrestle, they did get them at the end of the match, right? People were biting on a couple of near mm-hmm. falls. That's, that's all you can do. But it was just a bit... Um, it was surprisingly lifeless for a Bucks multi-man party match. You know, like that is mm. one thing. I, look, they have their, their their critics, but I don't think anyone could accuse them of having matches that are kind of like a little flat for the first act mm-hmm. or so. That is not their style. Um, so that was a little jarring, I thought. Again, I'm not, it was not bad by any means. And I thought the finish was like good. It was, yeah, there was a lot of good work in it. It just didn't have any zip to me. Um, slightly strange one. Yeah, I don't know. Something there, strange one. Uh, Manu, you got anything you want to add to uh, Hangman being conflicted? And you know, more, all, all I thought the match was boring as fuck, bro. I mean, I, I didn't care. I mean, there's only so much I can carry. Even I thought most of the crowd didn't care either until like the Bucks came in, started doing their stuff, and they came. They then they, it became like a Bucks match, which was pretty okay at that point. But honestly, I just don't care about Hangman and the Dark Order, like. You moved on. Who cares? And um, that was kind of beast when they just kind of left him to get beat up by the Blackpool Combat Club. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what they did next. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was uh, well, they made they made a point of like it wasn't just kind of like they disappeared off camera. Like they made a point of making sure that you knew that the Dark Order were leaving the Elite in the ring to kind of just get savaged by the Blackpool Combat Club. So um, obviously, we'll see how that plays out. Um, We'll see if they just kind of fade away now, or if they're actually going to like if this continues and they kind of lean more heelish. I don't know. Um, but yeah, we'll see. And of course, the Blackpool Combat Club they get in the ring and they're just savage. Uh, the remain the remainder of the elite, Don Callis and Takesh to come out. You know they get in on the party. Uh, Eddie Kingston tries to run down because of course <laughs> he does. You know he immediately gets fucking stomped out by Claudio. <laughs> That was crazy. <laughs> that was awesome. Awesome. Claudio went with extra vigor on that because he just fell down. That's how... Bro, it was crazy. Uh... <laughs> so, <I> Claudio have... <laughs> crushes him with the stump and then Willie <laughs> you, it just comes in with the chair straight away. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have an idea for you. Okay. Well, the team for Blood and Ghosts is Bekesha, Yuta, Moxley, Claudio and Ivuna. How about that? So, like, how have you gone from oh, I don't care at all about Hangman and Dark Order to what if we actually get that involved in Good and Dark? And have this is something they'll do. I mean, look at them. They stare at them. They announce blood and guts. I mean, I'm just oh. putting the two together. I'm doing my. It's I'm very doing hard. You, you put me. You put me in a very tough position here because you, you're almost demanding I be mean about Evoluna, and I don't want to be mean <laughs> about Evoluna. But I just, I, I just don't. I'm going to be honest. I don't think you need to be on that team, man. You know, I just don't. Evoluna something tells me would have been my first choice out of the dark no. order. <laughs> no, like, he's not. the leader. Tass said he's the leader. Right. Being the leader don't mean much these days. No, it doesn't. It doesn't when not. you're leading two people. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like it's 
like there's not a lot for the Dark Order, man. I don't want to be mean about it either. Because yeah. a lot like, of it isn't their fault. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like you know, it's is what it is. It's, uh, <laughs> all good things come to an end. Mm-hmm. It feels like their things come to an end. And again, a lot of that is, you know, for other factors. And it is what it is. That's how wrestling goes. But I, I think you know, Manny, full well why Evil Uno should not be on the team with John Moxley, yeah. Claudio Castagnoli, and Kosuke Takeshita. I, I, I tweeted earlier the match. I said, why is Heyman selling for Uno? I said, I just said. Why the fuck do you want him in blood and guts? Then why do you even hey, want him I'm on just, TV, bro? I'm, like, I'm what's fine. going on here? Like, why him out of the Dark Order? Why him? Bro, why I'm are you watching, doing this to me and Joe right now? I'm watching like, the product. You guys didn't watch the product. You, didn't, you said you said you had an idea. You didn't say it was a guess or a prediction. You said it was like your pitch. You just, it's the way you framed it. Well, okay, I should have said just putting the tea leaves together from that segment. You know, I just they pan to him. Putting them together. <laughs> I mean, because. I mean, uh, the way they said it, they said Ibu was the leader. They said Alex Reynolds was the workhorse. They said, they said, uh, Red, wait, what's the other guy? Uh, Silver was the muscle. First, it's Red. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing Red, John Silver. <laughs> Manny coming uh. to this conclusion before I'd even, like, even considered it is quite incredible. There's no way. There's no way. There's absolutely no way. I feel like Chris Hero is a lot more likely than. Oh no! Okay, now now you're talking, Charlie. I now think we're... they're gonna try. You see, to give the Dark Order like another go of his heels as like an undercard yeah. act, and I do not think it will be connected to blood and guts. It's gonna be my yeah. my wild guess. But we shall see. Well, Chris Hero's in shape. I don't know if you've seen the photos. Uh, I, heard, <laughs> I heard that from you. <laughs> yeah, as soon as I saw the He's photo, I started seeing. Yeah. As soon as I saw the photo of his shape keeper, I started singing to everybody I know, and I said, "Look, guys, he's back." Have it be like a Nick Gage one and done. Like, just come fill in for blood and guts. I'm, I'm, I'm about it. I'm about it. Darren Walker, five pounds. When Orange Cassidy, when Orange Cassidy comes out, it sent me to sleep, and I missed the rest of the show. <laughs> the way this is phrased is so funny. Oh, don't walk us out for Orange Cassidy, man. It's uh, <laughs> anyone who's familiar with Wrestlepurist law is familiar with this, you know. Uh, it rules not a fan, thing, like, not a fan of it. <laughs> in that match, Orange was Darren's issue, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, we gotta get Cassidy out of there, man. Yeah, he, he heard the music and it was like Nyquil to him, you know. <laughs> Many can relate, to be fair. So, here's what it is. Oh, I moved so, on uh, from Orange. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think, I think Darren's quite clearly ahead of Manny on the, on the, um, you know, anti fan <laughs> of I, Cassidy. I I don't like him, but I gotta live with him. I mean, that's what it is. He's always on dynamite, and I just gotta put up with it. I thought you would turn the corner on Orange Cassidy. No, you liked he, some of his recent stuff. Did we go one eighty again? And then last week he was previewing Forbidden Door with us on the grin, and he declared that the Fatal Four Way was a, was a, like a legacy game for Orange, and he was he had him on Fraud Watch, I believe, was the announcement <laughs> you made because you didn't like his performance in the tag match, so therefore you were ready to just throw out it. It was it was finished. Oh, no. no more. So yeah, I guess the, the verdict is in, man. Is it fair to say? Yeah. He found another yeah. corner to turn. He did. Now, now he's selling too much. Now he he was a gimmick all the way. 
and now he's selling too much, bro. I need he has to lose a title or something. I need, I, I need selling to too much is such a disgusting many phrase. Like just, just Pete Hooper right there. It is. Um, but yeah, we got we got Moxley on the mic, and you know he basically laid down the challenge to the Elite for Blood and Guts, which will be July nineteenth in Boston at the TD Arena. Um, you know we'll see how uh, how jumping and chaotic we can get it in there. You know, um, mm-hmm. expecting them to sell a few tickets for that one. You know, I think at the moment it's at like four K or something like that. Uh, which isn't amazing, but of course, with this announcement and as the story unfolds and we see who the participants will be, hopefully that'll um, you know, that'll boost. It's like um, you know, like with collision, like collision in Hamilton, which is happening like right now because uh, they're taping mm-hmm. it now and it will obviously it will air on Saturday. Um, you know, at one point, like when the um, like when the sales numbers were first coming in, when the sales first dropped, like that was at like eight hundred, nine hundred people, like yeah. oh, cancel it. Oh, like, you know what I mean? And it ended up at like 3,000, which is like, you know, it's not, if Dynamite got 3,000, you'd be like, oof, that's a bit, you know. But um, mm-hmm. when you consider where this was, you know, um, yeah. this is, I'm sure the people will be kind of um, breathing a sigh of relief that this wasn't like a complete, utter disaster in that sort of sense, yeah. you know. It's still not great, but it's not like the disaster that it threatened to be early on, so. We'll see what happens with Blood and Guts as well, because like I said, 4K for Blood and Guts like would not be like great at all, you know. Um, so we'll see how the tickets move, you know. Uh, but yeah, fired up for Blood and Guts, and uh, I'll be hoping for Ibushi, because as Charlie said, it's probably the last chance for him to get involved in this storyline, so mm-hmm. we'll see. Because if he gets involved in this, we could see him at Wembley as well, Charlie. So that it's is what I'm hoping on. Um Hoping for Yvonne or now too. <laughs> Just really spiteful guy, bro. Uh, anyway, in-ring promo, Jack Perry. Um, yeah, man, Jack Perry, he's a heel now. Um, he's, um, you know, he's banging the hottest bitch in the company. He's mad at the fans and it's our fault he turned heel. Um what else did he say? And it was pretty, to be honest, it was quite the generic, like, I've just turned yeah. heel promo, you know, to be honest. Um, his delivery was so-so. Uh, he got a lot of heat, though, at the end of the day. Uh, a mm-hmm. lot of people are very mad at him for turning heel and, of course, turning heel on Hulk. Um So, yeah, he got a lot of heat, but in terms of, like, quality of execution, I don't think this was, um, you know. Of course, he's ditched the Tarzan boy theme as well. Um, he's got a new look. Pop, <laughs> but yeah, man, I'm, I was skeptical going into the show about this whole Jack Perry Hill thing. I'm still, you know, I guess I can be won over, but this this segment in particular didn't do it for me. Um, <laughs> Manny, I'm fascinated to hear what you thought of um, just heel Jack Perry in general. You know, you don't have to break down the promo bar for bar, but what what feel you got for him, man? I was actually pretty excited for this heel jungle Jack Perry thing, heel turn. Mm-hmm. And then he started talking and I said, Why does he sound like the guy from Texas? He's yeah, like a Texas, like a Texas accent out of nowhere. And I he sounds like some of the guys I know. And then like 
And after that, I was just like, oh no, this guy just he lost the plot. I'm 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 already out on this heel turn. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm at. He lost the plot. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! He, he, just, he uh, just threw on—he just threw on like instead of wearing like a triple H like black leather jacket, he threw on like a beige one. and said, "Fuck, man, I'm gonna cook here with this." And just, like, <laughs> he started speaking like a Texan. The jacket's a Christian reference. What? She wears That's like that was like an iconic. No, Christian had like there was a phase he went through where he was wearing like a brown leather jacket. Thought he rated like a Goodwill or something. I don't know. Just <laughs> oh, Hooper, um, <laughs> Charlie, you were a fan of uh, Hollywood Jack Perry, the leather jackets, the Christian um, tributes, the um, everything else. I will say the dive into the car was very funny, and they caught it at an incredible angle. That was great. I don't think he should cut promos with boss chewing gum at the moment because he kept stuttering over his words and I couldn't take him seriously for most of it. I was like, bro, come on, like let's get one thing done at a time and then we can put some like we can add to it. But um I thought that it, it wasn't like the greatest heel promo ever, but like the crowd was into it and honestly at the end of the day that's what matters. So we'll see where it goes. Hold up. Well, I can say this. I certainly didn't at any point say, oh, fuck, he's lost the plot, which is one of the funniest reactions to a promo I've ever in my life heard. Um, I Look, folks, here's the deal. It got a decent reaction. It's just the first week. I didn't think it was, like, horrific or terrible. Mm-hmm. The issue was it, like, was so distinctly play wrestler like it was dangerously play wrestler you know it was like it was like the thing that everyone has drawn up already of like he could be hollywood jack and like wear shades and it had <laughs> there was no like sense that he believed what he was saying and again i mean it is what it is it's he's a young guy it's his first time doing it i'm not here to like you know write him off but it was not the best um <laughs> Especially the opening couple lines, his delivery was like, he sounded like he couldn't less believe what he was saying, you know? Like, he just felt like completely like he was playing the role, um, which is hilarious for a range of reasons we'd have to get into here. But I just, I don't know. It was it was weird. I, I, uh, I'm i glad they reacted to it, but I didn't think it was the best of stars. I, I can't believe he, um, I shouldn't talk. I probably would get distracted too, but I get distracted by a comment here on the, on like, I see here, but. He got distracted by a few chants and just like lost his like way and then like hit to pick it back up. I don't even, that's not even like a, you're not wrong, but that's not even the biggest issue because that can in some ways help you because it kind of encourages the crowd to keep going, right? In a weird way, like it can kind of get you more heat because you seem rattled by it. Like a couple weeks ago, we saw Callis like sell that way to get them to keep going. It's just, you need to, whenever you guys see these guys do promos, it's not just about the content, but it's, do they really feel like they're being authentic and that's what they believe? Hmm. And you can see it comes through the screen. It can't be explained by any of us, you know, reviewing it. It's one of those deals. You just, you see it. And here he was a guy trying to play a heel, which again, fair enough is his first time, but it was very apparent. I thought so. Yeah, it, seemed like, it seemed very like, um, almost like NXT 2.0-ish where like someone's out there cutting a promo or whatever and it's yeah. like someone clearly finding their feet as a character and kind of like 
getting used to doing live promos and stuff like that. And like something like you're fleshing something out, like. Right. And obviously with NXT 2.0 in that era, people like that fan base that stuck with it and was still watching it week to week. God bless them. Um, I was one of them. <laughs> You'd have more patience for it because it was so clear what they were doing. And this felt like something out of that in the sense of like, this right. isn't someone who's maybe ready to do this character on this high of a level of like, you know, uh, exposure. But, um, you know, like maybe he can, you know, maybe he could find his feet in a f- few months if he has the experience mm. doing it. But I just don't think Dynamite is the place where you should be doing developmental, like, if that makes sense. Well, so, um, that's what we talked know. about last night, right? We We had a conversation about this and kind of, the sink or swim nature of it. And it is, you know, it's it's a big task because, to your point, this isn't NXT and there are a bunch of guys waiting to get TV time. Mm. And it's hard. Like, uh, you know, and again, it's not to write Jack off. I'm a fan of Jack. So I just, when you make a change like that, like you can't just go back to Tarzan Boy, you know? Like you, you've made the change now and it's just... You got you got to trust your instincts creatively, and you got to trust him to figure it out. And it's one week, no big deal. Hopefully, he finds a way here soon and finds a rhythm. And and one, you know, ideally in three months, six months, a year, we're looking at this saying, "Thank goodness they turned him. He found himself." But it's not going to happen overnight, clearly. So let's just see what he does next time out. I think it's probably the best approach for now. I can't Definitely. wait for it. I can't wait for like energies as like manager or something like that. And they're cutting promos on everybody. That feels like kind of like, like inevitable, right? Considering, I mean, if you're going to do this character, you may as well have Anna with him on TV, I think. But we'll And they feud with Kyle Fletcher and Sky Blue. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely. Um, it's definitely a work in progress, you know, so. Hmm. We'll see again, like Joe said, hopefully in like six months' time, we're looking at this like, oh, thank God. Like, it was a bit shaky at the start, but thank God, you know, but. Yeah. We'll see, man. Um, I'm curious to see who wins this feud because, like, do you have Jack lose his first, like, big feud as a heel or do you have Hook take his first lock? Because I'm leaning towards, like, Hook taking his first yeah. loss here. Jack's going to win the belt and that'll be mm. the make or break thing because that mm. gives him a lot of material because yeah, he could use him holding the FTW belt and saying he finally won the world title is awesome. He can do something with that, you know. Like if he can't do something with that, there's no point even trying because that's easy. <laughs> like the idea of him making pretending that's the biggest belt in AEW, you know, like holding the FTW <laughs> belt high above his head, like that's that's easy. That's an easy route to take. So yeah, I think that's that, he has to pull it off as well. That's the thing. Yeah, he does. He does for sure. So, um, yeah, it's um, it's a tough one. I think. Someone mentioned, like, in the chat, I'll bring I'll pull it up actually. Uh, Mr. Bish he says his first heel promo should have been a backstage pre tape to give him a chance to run through it a couple of times. I mean, that's definitely, um, I guess a valid criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it, you know, to the sink and swim thing that we touched on last night that Joe just mentioned, it's like that's absolutely what the segment was as well. Like, I get after a heel turn, like, they do the typical. Oh, uh, he'll explain yourself promo thing, but like I don't know, man. Look, I think there's other, look, because if you want to play on uh, Jack Perry's strengths, I don't think this does that. Um, yeah. If you try to develop him, just throw him out there to kind of like, he, and he definitely didn't drown. Like he got heat, so you know it worked in that sense. But maybe they could have um, benefited from like I don't know, like 
another attack angle or something, you know, like Hook has a match Honestly. and he wins a squash and then Jack Perry comes out and like kicks the shit out of him and gets right. loads of heat on him and he might say a couple words but not like a full on I'm in the middle of the ring with a mic, you know, because that's that's a lot there's not many people these days that can do that very well. So if he was around, a Jim Ross sit down probably would have actually been like a pretty fitting way to do it because mm-hmm. you could have had Jim play the like disappointed veteran. Yeah. He's always put over Jack, right? As like this kind of future yeah. face made over. I've obviously loved Jim. Hopefully he's back when he's ready. But um, something of that effect, honestly, maybe would have been a better way. Like you could have had Tony do it and and do the deal of like you know Taz is his colleague, right? Like mm-hmm. Hook of all people. Like you sure about this? You could. There's definitely ways you could have protected him, but. Normally, they see Jack a certain way, and we can debate all day long whether we see him that way. I, I'm higher on him than a lot of people. I think that you are too, Charlie, right, in terms of where Jack yeah. is overall. That's one of those beauty in the eye of the beholder things. But if they see him that way, they're going to continue to put him in these spots because they trust him, right? I mean, I think we've seen that at this point. So we'll see if it pays off. Mm, we will. We will. Uh, we've got a quick super chat. Please keep him coming. We've got the one for now. Uh, DN Maz. Um, I'm not sure if that's meant to be pronounced all as one or whatever. If I've fucked it up, please forgive me. We appreciate the five dollars. Uh, with Danielson injured, the Blackpool comeback could run the Forbidden Door team against again with Claudio, Max, Wheeler, Takeshita, and Shota versus the Elite and Ibushi. I mean, Shota's off. Yeah, yeah, he's in the G1. Mm-hmm. They could do something to that effect though, and have someone else come in. That that feels like it's going to be what they have to do at this point if um they're having a five on five. Mass on eighty four one ninety nine. Link up Jack with Callis or even Christian again. I'll be honest, I don't really like the idea of either of those right now. Because no. like the Christian, no. the Christian thing is like no. you know like you can't you know the Callis thing is I don't know. What about Prince Nana? <laughs> You can't do the Callis thing without him being somehow involved in all this elite stuff. As yeah, well. you'd have to so do it like, way down the line. That's what I mean. So, like, right now, I don't really like the okay. idea of either of those, to be very so, honest. Someone said... Go on, go on, Joe. Go on. I understand why the Christian thing is, like, bad. But him wrestling as a heel with Christian Cage as a tag would probably help him, like, tremendously. Mm-hmm. Like, all bits aside. Um <laughs> this is what people said the last time they were together, though. As a heel, yeah, I know, but it's just like you know. To be fair, they never teamed up, though. Well, to be fair, he just kind of stood there, right? Like, yeah, we've I, I think know, the box beat them for the belts, so like there are tie-ins. There are ways they could make it work. Oh he, yeah, yeah, he is building his family. I don't know. No, but mm, the thing would it would be an interesting one. <laughs> The thing with Christian, though, last time Jungle Boy was with Christian, like I feel like Christian just swallowed him up, like with his personality. I don't know if you want to do that again. Okay, Banners suggested saying, Charlie, I need your take. Bang, bang, gang, Jungle Boy Jack Perry. What do you reckon? Him, him working with Jay and learning how to do promos from mm-hmm. Jay could be really good for him. Could, could I'm not a nice leather jacket. Yeah, give him a nice leather jacket. <laughs> oh, he already has like, one. Like him yeah. bouncing off of Juice Robinson's energy as well, I I, I can see the potential there. I feel like that do you not work. think that over, bring... do you not think those things you just mentioned kind of overshadow him though? Like, 
If you put him in a promo segment or something, it's a Jay White and Juice Robinson right and now. The like, yeah. And the gun. Even the guns have more charisma than him. He's fine. I feel like you could learn a lot from him. But like they're obviously like trying to paint him as like a big guy right now. So I don't know whether right now, but... No. You know, Owen said. You know, Jack Jack Perry's in his David Finley bag right now. Let's see where this goes. I think, Kobe. to be fair, I like David Finley. If they're gonna put Anna J on TV with Jack, you need to see how that act works first, right? Now, yeah. let's be clear. I know, folks, Anna J is not necessarily gonna assist him as a as a great promo. I'm aware. I know, but he should add to the act, right? Like, it should be a, at least. I mean, if you're going to play this role, I think it makes sense. So maybe try that first, and then we'll, we'll circle back to the factional manager's route. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, it's just a cold I world. Cold it, it, yeah. I, hopefully, he can find his feet, man. You know, um, hopefully they just put. Hopefully they can put him, find him. Someone that he just kind of is a good match with, you know, oh, rather yeah. than you know, like we've mentioned like twice, you know, like oh, it's someone he can learn from. He's just like, mm-hmm. fuck that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I want to know like, who would he be good with? Who do I want to see him be with as an act? Yeah, you it know? Was Chris Jericho. He just replaces Sammy. <laughs> Speaking of such, we missed the Jericho promo. <laughs> we missed the insane did, did Chris Jericho it? promo. <laughs> Oh, yeah, um, we missed it. Oh, when he's talking about mystical shit, bro. And he said, no. and he goes, right, Sammy? And Sammy's like... I think he mm-hmm. may have, like, stumbled on a line or something, and it threw him off, and he you threw think? it to Sammy, and it just kind of... No, I'm, 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 I'm getting to how we, like, threw it to Sammy, and Sammy was just like, yeah. <laughs> like, it was... <laughs> I was I was truly like bamboozled by this promo, bro. Like, it was um, amazing. I think I messaged like three people. Like, what the fuck yeah. just happened? <laughs> like, I didn't watch it. The first, you messaged me, and I was like, I, I didn't watch it, and I re- revisited it, and I was just, it was. You could so clearly tell that Chris was like, he had no idea where he was going with his next line. Mm. And at one point, he goes, he he says something like, "I'm gonna make this dream a nightmare." Yeah, that's right. Dreams are nightmare. <laughs> He said so. It was like one of those like shitty indie promos. Bless him. He was just. He was, and when he said, uh, "Sting, I'm gonna put that paint on your face," the, and, it, and he's like, "To the duh. <laughs> it's gonna come up bloody." <laughs> and he said, "He said last week, Chris Jericho and Sting shared the ring for the first time ever, and then on Sunday we shared the ring for the first time ever again." <laughs> it's like. <laughs> It was very much like he thought, you know, he could just roll in there and just be like, yeah, I got this. And, yeah. you know, even though he's a pro, he, he did not have this one in particular. Yeah, he realized halfway through the feud is exclusively about the fact they've never shared the ring before. And like, he said that and was like, oh, I don't really know we're fighting anymore. <laughs> the pain maker. Oh, oh mate. No. The pain maker is unbelievable, man. I like, I wouldn't look. I understand everyone feels needed debate. Like, is he taking it seriously or not? It does not matter. It's it's so funny. I never want to know. I don't need to know. <laughs> the pain maker is one of the funniest things in ever in wrestling. I truly believe that. 
What did he do? He described it as like a, he said something about ooze last night. What did he say last night? He said something. <laughs> what Manny, what did he say about ooze? I don't know. I, I, I thought this was a battle of the goths, old man goths. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's so. <laughs> it's Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was very, I was very mad. Sammy didn't come prepared. I'm like, come on, bro! Like, look at these guys. They're all just the emo dudes, and you're just dressed as a Dragon Ball Z character. You know, but just... that's what makes it funny. I just Sammy in the pain. I would pick the pain maker gear. Is that he just paints his face kind of and wears a pain maker shirt? Like, there's no like, like he still and, wears the same tights, you know. And he has a symphony version of the yes of the Judas. What an artist. Mm-hmm. Just extraordinary. And he has spikes on his jacket, too. Let me be very clear, folks. This laughter right now, pure endearment, because this is what the game's all about. This is the kind of whole shit that wrestling's built on, you know? Just <laughs> the pain maker. The terrorizer. <laughs> when they, when they, I forgot what it was. What was the line? He terrorized the Japanese. Yeah, right? the Japanese terrifier. The Japanese terrifier. terrifier? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he was kind of Excalibur was explaining like Keiji Muto. No, it's Liger. <laughs> it's Sedition Liger. Is a Sedition Liger. Yeah, it's a both. And then the Great Muda. Yeah. Keiji Muto. Yeah. It's very much like that, Excalibur. Said. <laughs> like, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, what's up next, Mommy? Uh, yeah. Also, we got, uh, I'm not sure exactly where this fit in. It is around here, I think. But, uh, we got back to MJF and Adam Cole. Adam Cole catches up with our boy Roderick Strong. Generic white man. And um, Roddy's just kind of like, yo, what you doing, bro? <laughs> MJF, like, <laughs> what you doing? Adam Cole's like, I've got this. I'm just going to lead him on, blah, 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 blah. And then, uh, you know, MJF comes into frame. He's like, yo, buddy, what's going on? Happy to see Cole. And then he looks at Roderick Strong and he's like, hi, generic white guy. Um <laughs> Very spiteful. Roger Strong gets in his face, but kind of backed off a bit after MJF isn't really uh you don't really meet him for that. And um yeah, man, Adam Adam Cole and MJF the the hit in the town or whatever the word doing, you know. Um Adam Cole should probably be at home looking after his girlfriend, you know, but he uh he's decided to go out with MJF, you know. Um Do you think we get some sort of riding match out of this? It's kind of what I was maybe paying attention to, you know. Like, why put him in a segment if you're not? You God, know? I hope so. I, I don't think so, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I think it was just they wanted to basically establish that Cole is on to Max because mm-hmm. while we can, we should be able to assume that, like, you know, wrestlers are dumb, right? So, like, yeah. it protects the baby face. And I will say I do like the detail of, like, Max ain't going to watch the show because I hate when they do that where it's like, a guy will like give his evil plan on the TV show. It's like, well, someone tell the baby face, you know, where in this case, Max is oblivious, he's arrogant. So, I they used to go to like an effort of being like, you know, like the invisible camera thing, you know, yeah, but they used to like acknowledge it and like. To, you know, like someone would say a line about it, or you know, like give some sort of excuse for why they're there. You know, whereas um, now they just don't give a shit. You know, because it's such a it's such an awkward thing to try and get around in wrestling these days. So, um, MJF's really good at like this kind of character, like interplay, right? Like these little back and forth quips. I know it's not, you know, it's not like box office wrestling by any means, and he's just playing around. But he is really good at it. Like I like the stuff with Sammy, yeah. and I like this with Cole and. 
any time that Roddy is tossed for back, he's always a treat, you know. Like Roddy, like, hey man, you know, acting like he's <laughs> trying to be like casual about him, Cole. Always funny. So uh, this was good. This was fun. I have a big, another big picture idea. No, no. What, what, if, one, no. what, what if one of the tag teams they they wrestle is Roddy and a returning Kyle O'Reilly? Now that's real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I was just about to say that too. So. Yeah. It's been a. It's almost been a. It's been a year since he's been gone. So, then he had he had like a triple neck fusion or something crazy. Yeah. I don't even know if he's going to be ready to come Jesus. back yet. It, it was something crazy. Right, so, um, according, according to Wrestle Six, a- according to Wrestle Six, AEW presents Collision tonight's episode. that's on now. They ended up at three thousand eight hundred and thirty-four tickets distributed. Wow. So, um, what did they sell them for? Like Fiverr? Uh, yesterday, all tickets were marked down to $24 Canadian. $32. That's so, like £18 pounds for reference. Whenever you hear those like US prices, I'm, I'm aware this is kind of believe that is a thing here because when any national promotion comes here, it's like, you know, like, like friends will tell me I'm going to AEW, I pay like you know 10 bucks for the house. It's like, huh? You know, like, they run a house here, it's a hundred to get in the building. It's ridiculous. So. Yeah, they, they absolutely rinse the novelty yes. here, you know, and they get every penny out of the novelty that they can. Um, you know, it's a business at the end of the day. Uh, ideally, they'd run over here a bit more often and it would kill the novelty a bit and we'd get cheap ticket prizes. But, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, man, Collision nearly at 4K, which is, I was just kind of, you know, I wouldn't say I was super putting over, but I was not acknowledging that they did move quite a few tickets in a short amount of time earlier. And it was even more than I was uh, giving them credit for, like nearly a thousand more. So, Thank you, um, Pepsi Phil. Do you, uh, does anyone have Dave Meltzer's email? I'd like to update my Samoa Hall of Fame candidacy uh, post that I send him every go week. So. Probably go for it. Um, right, mate. I'll, I'll, I'll send it over to you. He was literally only advertised for the show yeah. like half an hour ago. This is this is about there Joe's case. Manny, we could, this is about Joe's case. Let's push him forward here, mate, right? Give some credit to the what other. What about Roddy? Huh? Come on, oh, I have conceded that Roddy is. Well, MJF told me he's just another generic white guy. I mean, I don't know. I can't. I don't know if I can get. Oh, right. I'm, I'm gonna send him to MJF now. <laughs> I'm gonna send him an email with a list of the wrestlers I like. I'm gonna say, listen, they're on this collision show. We moved quite a lot of tickets, Dave. Please keep it in mind. Good call. Good call, man. I mean, Good. CM Punk also did wrestle Kojima, so you know, on Sunday. So <laughs> that has nothing to do with this. That anyway. has nothing to do with collision, Dave. He wasn't. That was the first round of the Owen Hart tournament. Yes, <laughs> Joe. I think I know your answer to this, but uh, yeah. we've got a super chat that demands you to settle the debate, mate. We yes, have right. Mavs fan eighty four one ninety nine. He'd like you to settle the debate of Sting or Undertaker. I think people do too much with the like. Taker actually was bad thing, but absolutely, it's still it's still Sting for me because. I just generally, like, I mean, this is one of those things where you're asking me objectively as a fan. As a fan, it's sting easily. Being objective, there are definitely arguments. <laughs> yeah, but there are definitely <laughs> arguments you can make for Taker, but I'm not going to make them. Um, I think Sting's just a much more dynamic personality and performer. Yeah. Like, the Undertaker character evolved clearly, but I think there is very much a. Uh, a disconnect between the people that like one of his gimmicks and the other one. Like, if you like the biker, you probably think the dead man thing is corny. And if you love the dead man thing, they most of those fans fucking hate the biker because it's such a disconnect. 
the surface thing to crowd transition, I think is like pretty extraordinary what he did with that, to be honest. Um, both, both all-time greats in, in their kind of, in the, you know, the US wrestling, US mainstream wrestling room, but uh, real, but I will, I'll go Sting personally. I think yeah, pretty I'll, I'll, for me, it's comfortable. I'll probably go with Sting as well. Like, overall, yeah. like as an overall like, performer throughout his career, like especially as at his peak. Uh, yeah. Undertaker is definitely like by far, like probably like 10, 50 times more like iconic, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it's taken man. So, uh, you know, like you said at the very start of answering the question, Joe, some people definitely do like way too much with a sure. <laughs> takers yeah. actually like ass, you know, like, no, he's not, bro. Like, well, the problem is, is the taker, man. Like, people do the match catalog thing, and it's like, look, you can't expect him to have good matches with some of the guys they had to wrestle. Like, he's not gonna have a good match with Giant Gonzalez, man. Like, it is what it is, you know. Great but, like, Carly. yeah, when he wrestled guys who are good, he actually had. Hey, was a worker, man. He almost killed Ray, bro. Undertaker and Great Carly. Once upon a time, I can't remember the exact year. You'd have to ask Oracle of Wrestling or something. But they had a few matches that were, you know. I I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't I've seen them, but yeah, you just have to gonna trust me, mate. When when he wrestled people that were capable, he generally produced a pretty good level. Uh, Bro, it really the question depends on what you think of the actual Undertaker gimmick, like the the original gimmick. You know, like if it pops you, then all how it's not really my thing personally. I I actually prefer like miserable biker taker. But I'm in the minority on that. So even like uh, even the match catalog thing, it's like, bro, a lot of WWE fans' greatest match of all time is like Taker versus Sean, yeah, you know? Absolutely. So like, his peaks as a performer in ring are like very, very good. Um, 100%. It's just, you know, as Joe mentioned, week to week, if he's, you know, if he's not wrestling the greatest of wrestlers, then you kind of get what you get. And that's not to say that he's Brian Danielson and he's been held down by working giant Gonzalez and stuff, but he's definitely a more than capable worker, you know. Definitely, or he kind of has been, he kind of was until let me be pretty fair. much the end, the last couple of years when he was quite embarrassing, but, you know. To, to be totally fair, Sting went years without good in ring, mate. Like, so it's not like it's a landslide in the match, I mean... Good lord! In that, when Sting became the crow, it was a while there before he had any good matches. Like, because it's the same problem, right? You can only do what you can do with certain dance partners. So, I think this an interesting conversation. I think sure. this conversation is different if Undertaker finds an earlier tape of UFC. So, just throwing it out there. The actual, genuinely, the conversation is different. Is take if Taker realized that he could work tag matches when he was fifty years old, rather than feeling the need to have twenty-five minute singles matches. That hundred percent. He worked like one tag and everyone loved it. And he, he just never learned that lesson. You know, like you can pick your spots. It's, it's <laughs> the, only other, the only other tag he had was that fucking the one with Sean. And... <laughs> when when yeah. Kane's mask fell off and he covered his face <laughs> like a luchador. When Sean was like, is that when it was, when it was still yeah. kind of sad to see Sean have to like go out there the age he was, but he was still by miles the only performer yeah. in that match that done anything like Honestly, not embarrassing, you know. That Kane <laughs> spot is an old like he covers his face like no one knew what he looked like. It's so funny. <laughs> I think a lot of it does come down to like a lucha. Yeah. Like yeah. the last couple of years has been like pretty incredible for Sting in yes. AEW. And you look at what undertakers did in like his twilight years and it's like it doesn't really measure up but it's sting for me anyways i always yeah. like yeah. when the streak was at like its height sting was in tna and a lot of people were really dismissive of sting at that time and i think in hindsight very unfairly so i think he was pretty admirable the effort he put into tna yeah. frankly 
But a lot of <laughs> yeah. people had, had enough of him there. And so you're absolutely right. It's one of those deals where the tide has turned because Taker has decided that he's going to do um, an interview every day and, you know, make new documentaries about his life and times in professional wrestling. And like he's he's yeah. become a certain type of character in the game. And Sting is out there doing insane ECW spots. So it kind of naturally shifts, right? But yeah, it's interesting. Did, did The Undertaker ever put like Bray Wyatt underneath like his wing or something like that? Because hmm. I feel like that would have helped him. Did Bray, did Undertaker ever take Bray Wyatt under his well, wing? Like, is, is that what you're Darby asking? Allen, is what you're asking? Yeah. Like, you think that know. would help? The, clo- the closest interaction they've had is kind of the one in the bill to. Uh, the bill to the LA night match with Bray Wyatt, the weird lights one, when they had that segment. Remember? Uh, people really liked that segment as well. You know, like Undertaker was out there and uh, LA Knight interrupts him, blah, blah, blah. And he does his thing. He cuts a promo. The people are into it. Undertaker, of course, goes back at him, etc., etc. I think Bray Wyatt comes out and saves Taker from LA Knight's bullshit and You're right, yeah. Undertaker done the kind of uh, not a respect thing of you know he's like, he, he leans into him and like whispers something to him and like it was like that was meant to be like the passing of the torch moment but you know um, it didn't quite work out that way yeah I mean I think yeah. if he was to have like the tag team matches I was referencing it wouldn't be a full time thing like Derby as was saying it would be more you know, you put like a top baby face with him, basically. The way Roman team with him that time. that Cody and Taker versus the yeah. Usos on the Bill to Mania. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. uh, good shit, man. Um, we've got another super chat. God bless. Andrew the Giant, five pounds. Uh, crazy scenario. They make Cody versus Dom and Money in the Bank qualify in the night. Fans get excited. Cody could win Money in the Bank after all. Brock returns, costs him the match. Did you guys get tired of watching Cody versus Brock? They've wrestled twice. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still waiting for him to have the match that I love. I've seen I've seen flashes of it in both matches, so I'm kind of holding Bro, that hope, so Yeah. Yeah, it's I tough. haven't liked either match so far. I've, I've liked them. I just I feel yeah, like they could have such a better one, you know? It's unfortunate. I'm not, I'm not particularly high on Cody. Or like Brock these days, so it's not that much of a surprise that it's not like my yeah. yeah, I'm, uh, I'm with you, dude. Like, especially that first match. Felt like even like at the start, like I felt like I was, you know, ready to have this incredible match, and then it kind of like it was just decent because it didn't peak the way it was supposed to, or something. Or maybe the word like deliberately saving things. I don't know. And obviously the second match, obviously it had like the Cody arm, like you know, story with it, so. That wasn't, of course, them going all out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I've seen glimpses, you know, I've seen glimpses. And it's a matchup that makes all the sense in the world, you know, like, so I don't know. I, I wish it was for the bout as well, to be honest. So, yeah. 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 Whatever, man. We'll see. We'll see if Brock decides to take out Cody uh, Saturday night. So, yeah. Because uh, it does seem like they are going to be wrestling each other at SummerSlam, so wonder how we get from point A to point B with that one. Um, I dynamite, dynamite, dynamite. There's another segment. I can't quite put my finger on exactly what it was. I just remembered it, but um, 
I forgot it again immediately, so I'm just going to move to the Ruby Soho, defeats Alexia Nicole, and then cuts a promo on Britt Baker. Of course, she was meant to be wrestling Britt Baker in the Owen tournament. Britt Baker couldn't make the um, she couldn't make the town because she is suffering an illness similar to what Adam Cole was over the weekend. So, um, you know, uh, of course, the crowd, you know, they, they were kind of disappointed not seeing Britt Baker, so they were kind of getting some chance going during during Ruby's promo. Uh, Ruby's promo, I thought it went a little long. You know, uh, felt like they were filling up time, which is obviously understandable if they missed out on the match that we ended up uh, ended up getting the match that we got instead of the Baker match. So, um, you know, Ruby, you know, she tried her best to kind of piece something together out there, but it was, you know, the crowd wasn't exactly like the most, uh, you know, easy to kind of work with in that situation. And the promo kind of felt like it was dragging a little bit, and you know, um, I don't know. I don't know what um don't know what you think about this one, Hall, but Yeah, I think uh I think she got her content slightly jumbled. It felt like she got the the order slightly wrong and she was going for it. To me it felt like kind of took her off rhythm. I always like Ruby's delivery in terms of the way she put you know gets her point across. And I thought it was good here. But as you said, it's really difficult to cut like a revved up promo when the crowd's giving you this, you know. It's just a tough spot, but I, I, I like the promo. I thought it was pretty good. No boo yeah, for me personally. Yeah. 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 Um, let's talk about this main event. Mm-hmm. Unless there's anything else. Um, Manny, it's the freshest in your mind. If I missed any segment. Well, I, I did what you told me. Skip all the unimportant things. Mm-hmm. I just want to say real quick, the um the videos they did hyping up the Owen Hart matches oh. for Collision, those videos were really fucking good. Uh, I forgot. I really yeah, there, there was a load of announcements as well. So um, mm-hmm. I mean, look, so Claudio versus Commander on Rampage. Yeah. Tony said that um, match was, yeah. you don't want to miss it, but you know that might just be... It's, it's a fucking bit at this point. They keep putting him in with the Luch Dolls, but they won't put him in with Nick Jackson. It's, <laughs> it's a bit... I've accepted it. It's... Uh, it's fascinating stuff um of course collision uh, a lot of a few people have said in the live chat uh no charlie mentioned it earlier actually tony's uh tony announced that punk's going to be on commentary for collision he'd done that earlier no. on tonight no just roger strong yeah for the for the roddy versus um samoa joe i mean heart match beautiful stuff you know um happy days but the, yeah let's talk about the main event let's talk about the main event fuck it Bro, that, that made him awesome. <laughs> I thought I um, uh, go on, man. Go on. The little bat exchange that they had in the beginning, where <laughs> Jericho just hit Sting with the bat. Sting said, "Put the bat down." It looked like it really hurt Sting because Sting was like, grabbed his arm and just rubbed it, and then just picked up the bat and just started swinging it. And then like Darby came out of nowhere and like I think scared Sting and just ran into Jericho. I mean, this match was just the yeah, definition of fun. And I'm so glad Sting is still wrestling because there's uh, like we need crazy men in wrestling. We have it in Lucha Libre, and we need it in U.S. wrestling because Sting trying to do that dive. And even I knew from watching on the on my computer monitors, like there's no way he's making that. And then he barely made it. it was just a great pop. Yeah, man, it was a good time. Obviously, in the main event, we had Sting, Darby versus Jericho and Sammy. Um, 
Yeah, man, this was chaotic, of course, as Tornado tags usually are. There was, of course, the big spot in this was Sting. He took to the top of a ladder and he dived to the outside to a table that was absolutely too far away for him. Um, and it was like a double table set up and he got the first table, but the second table, he kind of like caught his face on it. And he like busted his like bottom lip or chin open. Yeah. Um he he did actually mention it like after the win off air and he was like, you know, he did kind of acknowledge that he might have lost a tooth. <laughs> he might need some stitches. So uh God bless him, you know, because he had uh he got beat up quite a bit in the Forbidden Door match as well. So yeah. He's um you know, some people are gonna be like it's absolutely disgusting that someone of his age is doing spots like that. Some people are gonna say it rules, some people are gonna be indifferent on it. It's just gonna be one of those things. It's very it's Almost, I guess, kind of similar to like the Tiger Driver ninety one thing. It's like wherever you fall on stuff like that, like this isn't going to change your opinion on it, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, Sting, Sting's a wild man, you know. Some people may say that someone needs to talk him out of doing these crazy things, uh, but some people will probably encourage it, you know. <laughs> so, but yeah, this this was a chaotic main event, wasn't it, Joe? It was. It was very, very chaotic. It was. Uh... I will say I, this actually like borderline terrified me. I've got to be totally honest. Like, and that doesn't mean I'm trying to attempt to stop. Like, it's not my business. But it was that like minute after he did it was it was tough to focus on what was happening in the ring. I was very concerned for Stinger, but he got back up. So hopefully all is well. Um, yeah, there was a lot happening here. It's not something I would necessarily describe as like you know like a great professional wrestling match, but it was certainly a fun watch. And it was kind of like a the old man sting take on the party match that AEW often does, right? And there was a lot happening. And I will say, Sting and Jericho did like a quite remarkable job of trying to produce a finishing stretch at the end of this match. I was amazed at what they pulled out. Like they did like an actual like back and forth, near fall sequence. It was very it was impressive. So credit to him. And I thought that was actually the highlight of the match beyond the stunt itself. So yeah, this was good. Obviously, again, we you know we did this a month ago. Another time where Jericho kind of has a rough night on the pay per view, and they're immediately improving it on the on the dynamite. I will say, I don't know if Sammy Guevara like. So, is Sammy Guevara just a baby face who's like friends of Chris Jericho? Like, what's because he's he seems to be convinced he's a baby face. Mm. In this match, he did the spot in the break. You know the classic spot where the baby face lets a fan hold the heel and then he throws a chop. He yeah. did that with Darby Allen, and I was like. He's, he's a heel, isn't he? And then he started he started revving up the people for his big I was he's a very fascinating fresh wrestler. I don't know quite know what he knows what he's supposed to be what he's supposed to be doing sometimes. I don't know no, if he's no, a big heel. I don't know. I mean I just poor Darby Allen's having like fight his way free from this fan as the baby face. He's like, get off me. <laughs> that was something, but uh it's strange. It's very yeah, strange. but I, I enjoyed the ride for the most part. I mean, again, I, Sting scares the hell out of me, but yeah, it's his choice, not mine. So, is what it is. Charlie, did you enjoy the mayhem? I did. It, it was it was some fun chaos, and it kept me engaged, which is like, which sometimes with matches like this, that's all you can ask for, really. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. I am a little bit nervous that they're somehow going to drag this out, and we're getting Sting versus Jericho in Wembley. I'm I'm a little bit nervous about that. Because it kind of feels like 
It kind of feels like something that Tony would do for Wembley Stadium. He beat the pain maker, though. I mean, once you beat the pain maker, you've like you've completed <laughs> the game. You know, Jericho, man, is coming back. I don't know. The pain maker is once you send him back, it's over. I think. I really do. I, mm. I I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have faith in like Sting. Yeah, Sting did say he doesn't want to wrestle singles matches, so I'm gonna have faith in him on that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, please. The segment, the, the segment we missed was the QTV one. Oh no! How Didn't could it? I miss the QTV, uh, Q, QT Marshall, Harley Cameron, and Johnny TV segment? I'm absolutely ashamed of myself. How can I ever call myself a podcaster again? Um, but yeah, man, <laughs> no hobs to be seen. It seems like he's just kind of uh, going to slide out of this group. Thank God. Uh, praise Allah, you know. Um, Johnny TV's on TV now. Yeah, Johnny TV's a better fit for that group than fucking yeah. Powerhouse Hobbs was. I'll say that much. Because um, like the act itself is definitely not a fucking, you know, it's not like something you need to see anywhere near, like even the upper mid card, to be honest. His, um, his reaction so. to, to Harley, and when she copied uh, Isaiah Cassidy and what he does. Was like the funniest reaction because obviously John Moore. I don't, I don't think Johnny knew that that's what he does. He just got him off guard. It was just the funniest thing yet on the show. He popped Manny. He popped Manny the Hooper. He enjoyed that one. The idea of Manny sitting there watching a QTV segment and like chuckling along to himself. <laughs> I watched almost every QT segment and I just thought it was funny. All of them are. God bless. God bless. I thought um, I thought Hobbs and QT were gonna be a fucking awesome tag team. You piece of shit! <laughs> I was told I was sold after the I was sold after the Lucha Bros tag. I said, Fuck, is, man. the idea that Hobbs is gonna never reference them again is incredible. That's that's real right there, you know, because he should have never been part of that. I was so mad that it was a thing that happened. Yeah, and I said I, I like watching QT Marshall Res. I have no beef for QT. I just don't know why it has to be packaged this way. <laughs> I don't understand it. I don't know who it's for. And now I found out it's for many. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly something. It's for QT, bro. He's just popping himself. Like yeah, that's what it feels like to me anyway. Like it's just And me. I sent I sent Monty QT video I sent Monty QT videos of him in AAA. That's very yeah. different. That's a different killer for yeah, that is. Yeah, it is kind of different, but uh the QTV app does kind of feel like QT is kind of like popping himself because especially like the stuff when he kind of like dunks on the wrestling journalists and stuff, it's just kind of like, all right, man. Like, you know, like, all right, bro. Like, oh, one day he's going to dunk on Monty or something. When <laughs> <laughs> we start doing reports and I get dunked on immediately on QTV, it would be, uh, it'd be quite a low day, you know. But, um, yeah, man, we've got Johnny TV, Johnny Morrison, Joe Mo, Johnny... Whatever the fuck you want to call him these days. Um, Johnny Nitro. He was for a minute. There we go, Johnny Elite, Johnny Nitro, Johnny. Do you remember he yeah. had that ill-fated match with Snow Joe where, where he went to lock up and he elbowed Joe directly in the face and just ruined the big man's evening? Just got him in a really foul mood for the rest of the night. That that did, in fact, happen, you know? Shooter, shooter Johnny. Yeah. Johnny Drip Drip. Trying to shoot elbow strike like fucking Matt Brown when you try to lock up someone is incredible work. 
Beautiful. I like Matt Brown. Yeah, man. Dynamite. Fucking. Yeah. You know, it's, that's what I mean. That's kind of where I'm at with the show. It's just like, yeah, it's, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I will say the show, I will the show's biggest issue was it had really. Like I thought the pacing was really tough. I thought it felt like it was a long show, which is not often the case then. And again, I will say I think part of that is because the the Brit thing like affect change stuff because it did feel like they were scrambling a little bit to me. Like I highly doubt when they were putting this show together, they intended for that JAS match to get thirteen minutes. You know, like I don't think that was I think that was the plan. So I cut them some slack in that regard, but it was just a middling show for me. Mm, yeah, the pacing is definitely not. Probably the biggest factor in that for me, to be honest, because it was it felt very slow yeah. after quite a, uh, you know, like uh, I really enjoyed like the first forty-five minutes or so, like the opening match and the stuff with Maxie and Eddie, uh, with Maxie and Eddie backstage, and you know, obviously the uh, the Adam Cole MJF segment at the start of the show, obviously it was pretty inoffensive, you know what I mean, when they unveiled the T-shirt. So like, up until that point, which was like the first forty minutes or something, I was uh, you know, I was. I don't quite the hard, but then the pacing really settled in. Like, there was a lot of video packages, a lot of clips, a lot of this, yeah. a lot of that, and it took the show. It just felt like it took ages to get from point to point throughout the show. So, um, but again, none of it was like offensively terrible. Um, I did think the Jack Perry promo was kind of brutal, but it got heat, so I couldn't call it a complete failure. You know, it wasn't got super good heat. Either, yeah, right? so, yeah. So, yeah. There you go. Um, but yeah, man, the highs were pretty good. Highs are pretty good. All the stuff with Eddie, of course, as I keep keep mentioning on this podcast. But um, yeah, man, uh, it's aight. You know, it's aight. Um, yeah, man, and obviously collisions going on tonight, happening right now, being taped right now. Of course, we won't get to see it until Saturday evening. Um, but yeah, man, punks on commentary for Roderick Strong versus Samoa Joe. We've got Dustin Rhodes versus Hobbs. Hobbs, yeah. Dustin Rhodes versus Hobbs. We've got Ricky versus Juice. Yeah, we've got Chris. No, we've got versus Lady Frost and MGF. Okay, yeah, I was right. I was right. Man, ego. You quiz him on collision. I I doubted myself for a minute when I said Lady Frost. No, when I said Chris, I wasn't sure if it was actually going to be the. Well, I was right. Um, I know. I have my closing cards down packed, man. I know. Doesn't MJF have something on the show? MJF yeah. is scheduled to wrestle. I wonder who he's actually going to wrestle, if it's just going to be a Java, you know. Man, um, Storm. That would roll. Already in the ring, Lance Storm steps forward. Like. <laughs> Glass, it takes his glasses off for the match. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Puts his podcast <laughs> mic down. <laughs> He's got F4W gear. Yeah. Who are famous yeah. like Canadian wrestlers they can put him against like the Mountie or something? Steve. That would be incredible. Yeah. PCO. PCO is Ethan Page. Yeah. Yeah, Ethan is <clears throat> his hometown, right? It's his hometown, yeah. He worked last night he worked Preston. Preston Vance in the in the Again. dark match. Again. I like, didn't know that. You know, yeah, well, I mean, it's. I don't look. We're a two hours into this show. I don't start campaigning for even page, but 
<laughs> I think it's kind of, like if he doesn't appear on TV once, that's kind of nuts considering that it's like mm. the whole promotion was built around the fact they were going to Ethan's home That's pretty pretty rough. Yeah. Bless him, but these are the games we play. You get you get deep in a Matt Hardy story. <laughs> you may never return to see the light of day. You can wrestle yeah. Adam, Cop- Adam Copeland. Uh... Well, I'm not sure that's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, but what I want to uh, kind of touch on, even if we just took on it for like five, ten minutes or something, but of course, Money in the Bank is this Saturday, one of the uh, you know, like top five WWE pay per views of the year, you know, it's in that mm-hmm. range, definitely. Um, and yeah, man, of course, one of the big shows of the year, myself and Holbert will be there. Charlie, are you gonna be there? I don't think you will, will you? No. No, Charlie's not gonna be there, she's done enough traveling. Lately, you know, we've uh, taken a break. She's banned. <laughs> yeah, we'll, yeah we'll, we'll be there. Of course, the big match, the big money match for me and Hall, but specifically, will be the Civil War of the Bloodline, the Usos versus Roman Solo. Very fired up for that one. But um, I guess this is kind of our chance to kind of just take a quick look at the card because uh, I'm not sure what they've got planned for Unpurist tomorrow. And of course, uh, myself and Hall, but won't be around on Saturday to do a pre-show. So um, this is this is what you're getting. <laughs> so yeah, let's have a look at some of the matches. Um, let's talk about what Joe mentioned actually earlier about the Randy Orton thing. So there has actually been some like, rumours about that. Um, of course, Kurt Angle of all people, God bless, we all love Kurt Angle. He said on his he said on his podcast that Randy Orton's recovered from surgery and he thinks that he's coming back really soon. And then one of the uh, one of like the scoop rumors accounts on Twitter as well tweeted that um, yeah, par- apparently he could be coming back at money as soon as Money in the Bank, you know. Um, so yeah, there's definitely some talk and rumors about seeing Randy Orton back. If you look at the storyline, I guess if you really squint your eyes and look at it, um, you know, uh, Matt Riddle being like outnumbered by Imperium, he needs some sort of help. Like, it could definitely lead to like a really big return spot for Orton on the card. So, um, Joe's Joe's eyes have oh, just Gunter versus Randy Orton at the SummerSlam. That sounds that sounds like some real music. I can hear it playing now. I can't, oh, no, man, that's, yeah. I hadn't considered that before. I can't get over a guy that doesn't say much on his podcast as scoops now. No. Randy's coming back. Is that is that what you said? I thought you were talking about one of us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Kurt just no, Kurt just said shit, right? Like he didn't intend to scoop it. I think he's just talking. Yeah, he's um, just talking about his pals, yeah. you know. That happens quite I didn't often. know it does. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know Randy was actually rumored. That was me just popping myself. But that I mean that'd be wonderful. Um just we might as well stick with that match while we're here. I, I'm not really into Matt Riddle. But I think him and Gunnar are a lock to have like one of the best matches on the show, right? I mean, they're they're almost certainly gonna have a great match. So yeah, I'll enjoy it when I'm watching yeah. it. I, you know, selfishly, I wish Gunnar was wrestling a guy that I care about. But you can't win them all. These are the games we yeah. play, you know. Joe Joe threw out the the fancy match of Randy Orton and Gunther. I don't really watch Gunther matches, but I'll watch that. I mean, I want to see what that looks like. Beautiful, proper work. You know, imagine Randy's face when Gunnar <laughs> chops him like, oh, fucking piece of shit. Wait, remember when he, you remember when he tried to do it with Drew, not the chop exchange, oh, and you could just see it on his face. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? That his face in that moment was the weapon to the game I love, like encapsulated. You know, like who's just beating me up right now? You know, it's, it's, 
It's like when those people say it's that Japanese shit or whatever. You're like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> those <laughs> Japanese, <laughs> those puro chops. <laughs> in, in the Thunderdome in front of all these screens, getting the shit chopped out of him by Drew McIntyre, like to shoot, you know, like <laughs> tough gig. Brandy, man. I, I did feel for uh, his world title run, you know? Yeah. He, uh... cool. <laughs> hey bro, he wound back the years, man. You know, <laughs> he, was, he fucking rules, man. I love Randy Orton. Uh, I'd be very, very happy to see him on Saturday night. Um, Money in the Bank ladder matches. Um, I think, yeah, myself and Joe have kind of said a million times on these podcasts that we're not really big into like the whole like multi-man ladder match thing, you know. So, um. We're not going to kind of like deep dive into each match and who's going to work well with who and who's going to do the cool high spot or whatever. But uh, it's kind of a quick prediction of who you think will win. You know, uh, I'll go first. I'm going to go with LA Knight and either Becky or Eel in the women's. Um, you know what? I don't watch the TV closely, but I've seen a bit of the. Uh the media that LA Knight's done for this show. He's done quite a few interviews. Mm -hmm. And I think it's been a really cool story. And I actually think that while I'm not convinced by any means as to his legitimacy, you know, as a candidate for the world's champion role, I think it'd be a really cool moment to actually be in the building for, because they're going to love LA Knight on Saturday. Like they are. And I would like to see him get that moment. I think that'd be neat. I think it'd be much more cool than Logan Paul winning it. Like genuinely. So I, I don't really know when you give them the belt. Like I don't know how it works beyond that. But as someone who's just there, that would that'd be my my preferred. In terms of the women's match, I think EO for sure. Hmm. Hmm. I'm gonna go with Trish Stratus. Real. Okay. It's such a crazy lineup to you. It is right. It's <laughs> definitely an interesting lineup. So I'll go over for them just quickly for those uh, who don't follow us uh, WWE as much, considering this is kind of like a dynamite centric podcast. But uh, the men's money in the bank ladder matches: Ricochet, Nakamura, LA Knight, Santos Escobar, Damian Priest, Butch, and Logan Paul. Um, I guess like the two bookies' favourites would be LA Knight and Logan Paul. Um, I think that's what they actually are as well. Um, Who's Butch? Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne. He's kind of grum- grumbled like an old man. <laughs> God bless Pete Dunn. Yeah, man, he's, he's doing his thing, man. So, you know, obviously, when he first got called Butch and they kind of made him like this comedic dog, you know, yeah. whatever they're done with him, it was like, oh, God. But like, he's literally on TV like, basically every week and people love him, you know? So yeah. it's, uh, you know. I'm going to go with Logan Paul on this one, guys. You can, I'll take the, the money bet on that one. Go for it, brother. Go for it. Uh, Charlie, you got any uh, of your answer? Um, I, no, I just agreed. I think it is going to be LA Knight and uh, yeah, Sky. I wanted it to be Santos Escobar so bad. But like, I feel like like even his small chance of being a favourite for it slipped away when they added Logan Paul as well. I was like, fuck. But, I think it could potentially even yeah. hurt Santos if he won this. That's why, because I prefer Santos to win as a fan. But my mm. concern is they they're gonna want LA Knight so bad that like <laughs> yeah unless it's a heel I think the babyface will get booed you know like it's gonna be, it's gonna be nuts like I don't watch it closely but I can tell he's got so much momentum he's kind he of fucking rules man like I'm you not, know I I like I'm sending like, off you know no I'm not against it I just 
I can honestly say that when I would when I would say things to you about oh, he's like, he's a good pro wrestler, he would do well up there. I never thought he would go it would get over like this. I gotta say, like <laughs> if LA Knight himself in an interview had predicted this a couple of years ago, he would have been laughed out of the bill. Like genuinely, if he'd been like, get me on raw, I'll be the most over guy. People were like, fuck off. You know, <laughs> like, he's one of the most over guys. He's incredible. Bro, you're telling me my family loves him. Good. <laughs> It's amazing, by the way. I just, I, he's I just get, doing old school wrestling. Really. He just he has catchphrases. I get, I get the people who are like, like saw one of our friends tweet earlier. Like, I just, I'll never get it. You're just like, I, I get people who are just like, oh well, you know, his matches or whatever, and you know what I mean, and they're not into that sort of wrestling at all. Like even you know, like all his character and charisma stick and everything. Yeah. But, Listen, bro. He he goes out there and he has those live crowds by the fucking balls, man. Like it is a, uh, it's something to behold. And the yeah. fact that he got over, like in a Bray Wyatt feud, <laughs> when Bray Wyatt was on the run, he was just done. Is like even more of a testament to him. So um, and it just keeps picking up momentum to yeah. momentum. Like each week, it's getting louder and louder. More people are saying yeah. More people are saying nah nah. More people are telling you whose game it is. It's um. He's a monster, man. He's a monster. He's a. I think if WWE get this right with him, like we could really be like onto something, like um, not special with the WWE crowds at least. You know, um, yeah. I'm not sure how well it would do, like ratings wise and ticket selling wise, but the people in the buildings absolutely love the guy, and they definitely want to see him uh, get something here. So. Uh, you know, like, like Joe said, I'm not sure if I think I'd put the world's title on him right now, but it feels like right now you need to give him something, you know, and the money in the bank is obviously the thing that's up for grabs right now. So um, I guess it'll be one of those things where they, if they do put it on him, they'll figure it out later, you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm a, you know, and I know he's not like my favourite wrestler in the world or anything, and I'm not going to go out my way to watch his matches, but like when he's on my TV on Monday Night War, bro, he's entertaining as fuck, and the people love him, so. Monday Night War? Monday Night Raw. Money. Was... Come on, brother. you got to at least fill in the gaps with her before coming at me like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You threw me off. I said, hey, what are we, the 90s? Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Super Chats. Devil's Rising, £2. Saving versus Eagles, X Division title. Flame Emoji. Oh, I'm going to get money to watch that. Um, that sounds like a match I would actually really enjoy. Yeah. I like Robbie Eagles, man. I think it's decent. Uh, I think it's good, actually. Uh, TK needs to run a program with Samojo versus New Japan Dads. Uh, shout out, Maz Fun with the 199. Um, yeah, man, I'm yeah. down for anything like that. I really hope yeah. he gets booked. Like, even if it's just as a guest spot in a trios match or an eight man, whatever it may be, I really want him to work an actual New Japan show in this last mm-hmm. leg of his career. I just think it'd be a great moment. Such a cool visual, you know? Yeah. It'd be Absolutely. neat. Um, one minute. I'm just. Uh, All good. Because he previously did Noah, right? Zero one was restarted. It'd be cool from wrestling New Japan ring. Absolutely. Uh, Darren Walker, £5. Uh, he says, as a woman's wrestling fan, Charlotte versus Asuka on SmackDown tomorrow night is a match looking forward to watching live. Yeah, yeah. man, I'm sure it'll be great, honestly. Like, I'm uh, kind of jealous of that, actually. Yeah. Not not so much Charlotte versus Asuka is the fact that 
unless I'm mistaken, our only match in the women's division is the tag, right? Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, say, the ladder you know, match. Of course, yeah, my bad. But, like, you know, with the kind of just the mm-hmm. big stars, that sounds dismissive. You know what I mean? The real matches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the matches that don't involve climbing a ladder. <laughs> um, what, yeah, it's kind of a It's a tag is... Shayna versus Liv and uh, Raquel Gonzalez. Okay. He knows that, the piece of shit. He knew that. He had that no, I had the Wikipedia page right here. Oh, good, good. Um, Shout out, Liv Morgan. I would have liked to seen like a Asuka title match or a Rhea title match, but you get what you get, I suppose. I also would have liked to seen Owens you know, oh, and Zayn or Ray or. <laughs> I forgot about this. Uh, you know, I shout. Ben pointed it out about uh, Eloy Drake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That was a big you know. controversy at the time, which has aged incredibly. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like. People were like, get a clue, bro. Like, they kicked the shit. When I say Peter, just leave you know, Twitter, right? Like, it can be bigger than it is. Yeah, but like, you, nah, nah. you know? No, yeah. just fuck that shit. <laughs> that was where he left, right? That's why he left him. Um, maybe it was at least like something on the road to him leaving, you know. Um, but yeah, man, fucking Tessa Blanchard, what an incredible time in history that was when she was wow. like, <laughs> she was like the biggest ace on fucking outside of WWE, right? you know. <laughs> when, when that story was was going around, if you'd have told someone where they'd be now, like you would, it would have took some convincing, wouldn't it, my lord? That's quite mm-hmm. wild. Shout out Eli Drake, you know. <laughs> Sometimes when you say no job, it's the right thing to do, you know. <laughs> it's part of the game. It's part of the game. Um, very real, you know. Um, uh, what else am I looking at? Cody Rose versus Dominic Mysterio. This is going to have a bunch of heat. Very interested to see how this plays out. It'll probably be like a lot of horse shit, but like good horse shit, <laughs> you know. Um, if they, I think if they try to have like an actual like pay-per-view match, <laughs> yeah, like I, I want to see horse shit in this. Um, yeah. yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, you got anything you want to add, Joe? I mean, it feels like there's a chance that Brandy Rhodes does something here, which is unbelievable thing to be in the building <laughs> for. Um, I mean, I don't, this is one of those things that I'll enjoy much more when it's happening in front of me than like. Because there's a part of me that want, would have liked Cody to have a real, you know, substantial match. And this is going to be a different kind of match. And I will enjoy it thoroughly mm. because of the reasons you just listed. But, you know, Dom is Dom's a gimmick, right? Like that's the that's the appeal. But I, I think it'll be really fun live. So this will be good, I'm sure, in its own way. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, so Friday's versus Finn Balor, I'm sure that'll be a really good time. Uh, that's yeah. kind of like the work rate match on the card, you know. Uh, well, Gunther versus Riddle as well. It's kind of in that category as well. So, you know, that's the other one. You know, Seth Rollins is, I'm sure he's going to have a really good defense of his world title again. Uh, Finn, he's, you know, he always, 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 always steps up to the occasion when called upon. Um, big fan of Finn. Uh, anyone expecting anything special from Finn versus Seth? Um, yeah, it'll be good, and I'm a big Finn fan. I, you know, it, these matches are always tough where it's like no one's going to buy that Finn's win that belt. But I think they'll have a really good match nonetheless, and I'm glad Finn's in a big spot. I think with the right interferences, you could probably... Uh, You'll get a couple near falls. Yeah. Right. You know, re- if you get rear yeah. in there, you know, and do something like, I don't know. Um, maybe you can get the crowd to bite a bit, but we'll see what mm-hmm. happens. Um, what else we got? 
the women's tag match, of course. We'll see what goes on there. Gone for Riddle, we've already touched on. And uh, yeah, man, the big one. The big one, Joe. The bloodline. Roman Reigns, the Solo Sokoa versus the Usos. Who is the ones we will be finding out on Saturday evening? Um, very fired up for this one. It's the reason why I bought the ticket. It's the reason why I've, why I've booked a hotel in Romford. It's the reason why... Um, <laughs> it's, the reason why I bought, it's the reason why I bought a t-shirt it's the reason why I've um, you know, I'm putting it all out there for this one people um, I'm expecting I'm expecting a really good match maybe, I'm not expecting exactly to be like the five star classic but Usos versus Sammy and KO at Mania was but I'm expecting like a lot of drama I'm expecting it to feel like super big in the building, I'm expecting a great atmosphere because it's in the UK and I'm expecting it to be at least like quite to very good you know yeah. I think there's absolutely a chance of a big surprise of like Jey Uso pinning Roman or something Great. like that um, I'm fired up for this one I think I've done if I've been hiding it I've done a poor job of it uh, <laughs> but yeah man uh, Manny is there any chance we can convince you to watch this match I'll, I'll give out this little secret right now I was thinking of doing a watch along on it on Twitch earlier and what conclusion did you come to? Uh, I mean, come on. I, I worked that day. I mean, I, I'll think about it. <laughs> oh, I mean, I I mean, he said, come on, man. Why is that he didn't pitch it, you know? <laughs> I forgot I worked, so maybe I'll just watch the last match. If I get out right. of time. Right. I, I know that I didn't manage to win. Well, I don't know. He's probably made it. He probably, it's such a big match. It's not like most people needed winning over, but... There's a few people in the Wrestle Purist universe that don't really uh, tap into WWE all that much that uh, maybe they've seen how fired up I've been, convinced them a little bit more, you know, push them in the right direction. It's what me and Holbert do, you know. Mm-hmm. We uh, we put over real graps, you know. We, we buy the tickets, we get the VIP section, you know. It's what we do, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think you're dealing with, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think it will be a really good show, though, honestly, because yeah. like, the atmosphere, it's the UK, man, like, it's, you know, um, the venue as well kind of helps that. Like, they haven't gone, like, with a, they haven't gone for, like, a 40k stadium where yeah, there's going to be 30, you know what I mean? Like, they've gone, um, yeah. You know, it's awesome many... for those events, genuinely. Mm. Like, the atmosphere is going to be so good in there. Um, exactly. You know, I would like to know in terms of the kind of relevance of this big tag. We've had our fun with it, but seriously, it was Money in the Bank 2013 was where the Usos had their first big-time breakout match. It was on the pre-show, July 2013, Money in the Bank 2013, against Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns, interestingly enough. And 10 years later, <laughs> it's quite extraordinary to have seen how all of those different stories have developed from there. It's, it's, it's going to be very cool to be there for this. Um, I mean, even it's on a personal... I think, I mean, Roman has yeah, to say on that, supposedly, so if it isn't, he wants to go home early. Um, so, yeah, so Seth and Finn are going to open, and then the bloodline will close, is more right. like, confident guess. Yeah. Is this for the tag titles? No. <laughs> no. Neither of the tag titles. Because remember the Usos costed them against Kevin and Sammy? Remember? What? Remember they were oh, wrestling? Roman not- and Dolo were wrestling, yeah. I, uh, little, little Holbert factoid for you here before we go. I was two months into my run in the professional wrestling game 
and for Fight Fight did a feature about the Usos, and it, I believe it was titled, it was something about longevity, which is incredible to think about considering we are now six years on, six years on from that, and that's now the the ultimate talking point with them. Um, that was March 2017, and I will never forget. It was the first thing I did in this space that was like maybe I could do something here. You guys know me well enough to know that I never at wrestlers on the things I write about them, and that that article was no different. But somehow it made its way to their joint account, which is very funny. They have a joint account. And my phone, yeah. I can't remember what I was doing, but I'll just never forget the, the way my phone looked at that moment in time because they hit retweet on this article. And it was like, because now I'm not nuts and I have notifications on like that because God forbid I'd have thrown my phone. phone away a long time ago. But honestly, <laughs> it was so, it is a moment for me where I look back on it now and it's like, it's only six years ago, but I almost wonder sometimes if that if that doesn't happen, do I even keep doing it? You know, it's like weird as that sounds, because they're the things like when you're finding your way in this space. I mean, Charlie experienced an incredible example of it, like last month, right? Yeah. Those are the things that kind of keep you going forward. So it's just it's really cool to be there for what I think is the biggest match of their I think well no, WrestleMania is the is the biggest match of their careers, but there's such significance to this because it's their brother in Rome. You know, I'm mean? like it's crazy. Like to do this as a family is pretty wild. And obviously, they're no underdog story. WWF has loved that family. WWF has loved that family forever. But it's still quite incredible what they've done with this angle. So I, I'm really pleased to be uh, to be in the building. Yeah. Hopefully, it lives up to it. I'm, I'm very happy. WWE, WWE have loved them and, you know, yeah. for many reasons and through generations at this point. But yeah. you have to say about that family, whenever they're given a ball, bro, they fucking run with it, man. It's not like they get complacent. It's not It's not like the Usos are like, oh, well, they're mid. When, you know, like, the Usos are great, bro. Roman's great. So the Sokoa's really taken to the main roster really well. The Rock obviously goes without fucking saying, you know. And even down to guys like Umaga, bro. Umaga was yep. fucking excellent, you know. Yoko, uh, man. Yokozuna. Yokozuna, of course. Like, it keeps it goes on and on. Yeah. You know? And even if uh, you love your old school, you you love your old school grass, put a bit of Rocky Johnson and Tony out the sun, you know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. But yeah, man. Fucking shout out that family. You know, <laughs> closing with shout, <laughs> shout out the fast dudes. <laughs> like, oh man, an, inc- an incredible day to do that too. <laughs> incredible, you know, yeah. shout out the family folks, go get them. You know? <laughs> incredible stuff. Um, but yeah, have you got anything else anyone wants to touch on? Anything from the chat? Um, All good. I think we are good, though, man. I think we are good. Um, yeah, Muddy's King in the chat says Afro and Seeker started it all. Of course, they're another one. How can you forget them? The, the um, story behind that before we go is that, you know, they used to get mad at the heels and fight them. And the boys were so tired of getting their ass kicked by Afro and Seeker, they just broke them into the business just so they wouldn't have to put up with fighting them as fans. <laughs> what, a, what a towel to think of all that's come from that, you know? Amazing. Beautiful. That's why we love wrestling, you know? All right, we're going to get out of here. Um um if you want to watch impact or tna or whatever it is you want to do go ahead you know we appreciate wrestling fans that love all wrestling just like we do um <laughs> but yeah please please hit like on this video you know we still got like nearly 100 people in here even though it's clear that we're widening down so you know if you're still here hit the like button man. we need that you know we need those likes. It helps us keep going. You know, it's like when Uso's retweeted Joe Hall, but article keeps <laughs> us going. Um, 
And yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow night, of course, we've got Unpurist as we do every Friday around 6 pm, 6 30 Eastern. Um, what else have we got? Um, Ibu's got his Sunday podcast. I'm sure you'll do kind of like a money in the bank review kind of thing on there. You might see me or Hulbert on there. We'll see how it goes. Um, and yeah, man, we're going to be live tweeting our, you know, our experience. Well, I know I am. Joe's a bit. Joe's a bit more anti-social than me, but I'm, I'm gonna be. Like, I, I will be. I will be tweeting whilst we whilst yeah. I'm in London. You know, uh, you'll get some of my feedback. You'll see a picture. Tweets, yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll you'll see a picture in a. You'll see a picture of my Romford hotel room. You know, <laughs> really <laughs> living it all. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, man. Uh, appreciate you all. Please again like, subscribe. We've appreciated all the super chats. Turn on our. Uh, post notifications and um, yeah man thanks for watching and we will catch you next time peace